the Wallywood porno comics. Oh, yes. uh, this bo- this oh book yeah, is, dude, the book is filthy. It's filthy. It with is them. like legit porno. No, I mean the book I was talking about. It's all in there. Yeah, full Ooh, penetration. It's... Yeah. Oh, hmm. here we go. Thought the man made his living for a while. Yeah, it's sad though too. Yeah. Oh. It's Three. Not sad. No, I mean not, not the porn's not sad. No. His his demise is sad. <laughs> yeah. To... Yeah. Oh, true that. Yeah. Well, true. Not sad too. Yeah. I like porn. Three. It's not bad though. Two. It's not bad. It's healthy. One. Eleven o'clock comics episode two hundred and forty. Snicker forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, David. I think last episode was the first one ever where we did not have a woo David just went over. He didn't do it. Skipped over the woo He was doing it. That's not. So I put the echo on that. I figure oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, that was sad. No, that's crazy. First we skipped the thirteenth episode. Now oh, we have no rules. What is this coming? Times are changing, man. You gotta, you gotta accept some change. You're a son. It's changing world out there now. You have a Jake the Dad. You guys see that? What? Oh, oh no 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 no! From this week, not yet. Jake's got puppies. Yeah. Puppies? Oh, how did that happen? He's a dog. Knocked up Lady Rings. Well, that's the thing. How did that? Yeah. Where do you fit? She like. But see, I haven't seen him. The commercial. The commercial. She walks in. Lady Rings has been pregnant for like all of last season. But she told Vince. She told. She told Jake. She told Vince. She did. She told Jake in English that she's pregnant. So something's not up. So something's a little crazy. Well, the, the babies are supposed to be had. They'd, they'd be there. They oh. keep repeating the same damn episodes over and over. And every every time I turn it on, it's the one with Marceline's father, and and uh, Finn throws the the bug juice on the wall, and he comes. Oh, I love that. I love I, that. I, I, oh, it's a great episode, but I swear DVR I see that like three times a week. You turn it to record only new episodes. I don't have a DVR. What? Oh. I don't. I don't own one of the things. You lament not having a 3D printer and you don't have a DVR? No. Well, a man needs priority. You don't have a DVR either? Who? David? I don't have a DVR. I, no, I, I mean, I, none I, of you have I, DVRs? I have no. internet connection, dude. I have, I have three TiVos. I'm, I'm good. Well, that's a DVR, TV. dude. That's what I'm saying. I have three. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. Okay, no. We can't so know. Vince, like, how do you watch shit if you, if you miss it? Well, you know me. I'm very selective in what I watch. What, what do, do I watch? Stuff. Well, then how do you record American Horror Story that's on in, hey, in an hour? I, I, I don't record it. I download it. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, because I want to save them. And then when the seasons come out on disc, by I, the del- way, so I delete good. them. Yeah, I know. I delete so them. Good. And by the way, Dylan McDermott, I've said this before because he's back on the show now. He, oh, uh, is he? Oh, cool. Yeah, he he's, is, uh, he's the handsomest man on earth. I think so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. None it's of this little, Channing little Tatum thing. Oh, fuck the Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah. come on. You know, I did uh, see that Channing Tatum was in, but it actually was halfway decent. Oh, he's uh, all right. He's good at what he does. It was um, ten, 10 years, 10. Stomp the bug or something? No, it was called 10 or 10 years. Ah. It's just uh, it, it's a 10-year reunion like movie, like kind of a coming of an age thing. He's, he goes back to uh, to his reunion. It's good. Stop. And Jenna Dewan, his wife, his real life wife, is actually his girlfriend in the movie. Smoking. 
so hot, dude. I right? know, I know. She's in uh, American She's on Fire. She's in American Fire. Uh, she what, what character is she? She was um, she was the wife of the uh, of the dude from um, uh, from The Voice. Were you talking first season? No, this season, dude. Who's on The Voice? The singer, what? the dude from uh, Maroon Five, Adam Levine. Adam Levine. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. He's Adam right. Levine's wife in the you know the opening sequence. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, everybody, look at you this. Ah! I do, but you we got. Right see, I didn't see what I'm talking about America. He blows me off all the time. <laughs> yeah, he tells me time. he loves me, and then he America. blows me off. It's like Ike and Tina. <laughs> You're talking to America about three people America. in America. Wake up, America! Hey, everybody, it's eleven Ooh. o'clock. Comics. Episode 247, and I am Vince B. Yes, you are, and I'm Christopher Neesman. Um, yes. ha- apparently, I have to catch up on some American Horror Story. Oh, it's so good. So good. So they tell me. I'm David Price. I don't know if David would dig it. No, he wouldn't. And uh, I'm no. J.B. Smoove. No, you're not J.B. Smoove, but you are going to see him, right? I'd like to. I'm trying to talk my wife into it. You're Jason Wood. Out of my tree. You guys come and we'll go on Friday. What's a what's a JB Smoove? What what do uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they first oh, they yeah. put vanilla ice cream in it, right? And then oh, they get the, the Snickers bar and they crumble it up and then they blend it. JB Smoove is a stand up oh. comic and actor. <laughs> you would you know from big... Curb Enthusiasm, but I, I don't know if you've got good enough taste to watch that show. Never seen it. Wow. Okay, so now we're gonna get. You've me- never seen it either. No. Uh, Jesus Christ, David. That's, what's that's Larry David show, uh, right? David, can you yeah. help me out? Yeah. It's, never seen it. That's. Oh, yeah. You don't watch it either, David. Especially with Jeff Garland, dude. I fucking. Oh, dude. Oh, speaking of Curb Your Enthusiasm, who played the voice of Barb, Ed Spider Wife in Web Weirdos? Oh, I know this. Because I, I told knew, you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Why can't I Jeff Garland's oh, oh, wife from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, nice. There yeah. you go. They well, should anyway, make so much... Leon on Curb Your Enthusiasm, but he's been... In t- you... Oh, yeah, because he was one of the displaced folks from Katrina. Yeah, he's someone that if you... Anyone that's asking who J.B. Smoove is, Google him, and you see a picture, you will have known him. He is... Oh, he's yeah. like a comic. He's a character actor. He's been in a million things in the last five years. If you're looking for a skinny, bald, black dude, he's usually it. But he's like the funniest of the bunch, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. The, he's the funniest of the skinny bald black dudes. He is yeah. of of the of the stereotypical character actor skinny bald. So he's like Martin Lawrence. No, no, no. First of all, we said oh. skinny. Well, Martin's not bald. bald. Second of all, he's not skinny. Oh, uh, and and so like David Chappelle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. David Chappelle's but funnier. David Chappelle's David not it. Oh, absolutely. So he's not the funniest of the skinny black guys. David he's one of not, the uh, David Chappelle's not not going to be the character actor. He's kind of retired guy. too, isn't he? Plus he, no, he, no, 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 no. He uh, he actually he um he did some like two a.m. on the yeah. sly L.A. stand up sometime last year, and he, he just really? yeah he, he went in on stage. Nobody knew. He just he he ran through some stuff. Loved everybody. Loved it. Thought it was great. And he kind of just like he's like Batman. He went into the night again. And, and I but he Chappelle. he's still out there. I told you Chappelle, guys. Chappelle show was some major. It was, it was genius. Stuff. It was really genius. Oh, it was absolutely um, genius. Black I told you guys about the time that Chris Rock just showed up at a we were, we were all at a comedy club just just a random night like to go see comedy and Chris Rock showed up. I don't think so. No? But that would be very. It was, it was one cool. of the years that he was hosting the uh, MTV uh, Video Music Awards. Oh wow! And uh, so we were just at uh, this we were at this comedy club in Manhattan. We had just you know a bunch of us had just had plans to go and see the, see see a show, 
And uh, we're just still, you know, chilling. And then they're like, all right, we have a special guest coming up tonight. And it's fucking Chris Rock. And he ran through, like, his whole opening monologue for, like, the week later for the MTV. Like, w- when we watched the MTV thing, it was like, this, this, ah, I love it. Oh, love he was, he was touching. Yeah. yeah. But it was awesome. It was, like, free Chris Rock concert. It was great. It was so, yeah. like, just rolled up. It was cool. Huh. So Hey, we should give this away. You know what? If you want to start a new comic podcast focusing on Jack Kirby, you should call it Kirby Your Enthusiasm. Free. You can have that. That's funny, Vince. That is funny. Kirby Your Enthusiasm? Come on. Yeah, I think you should call it JB Schmoove Moves. It's freaking gold. <laughs> and you know where else you can find gold? At Discount Comic Book Service. Well, yeah. DCBService.com, where you can get massive discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as... From Kaboom, it's the Adventure Time Mathematical Edition Hardcover, Volume 1. It's a huge-ass book. It would have cost you $34.99, but no way. At Discount Comic Book Service, it's only $17.49. The money they're not paying the artist, they give the savings on to you. I know, right? $100 paid. That's that's lame. Come on, uh, Boom. Uh, but anyway, I'm guessing it's the first five issues, the main story from the first five issues, all blown up. So you got to get it. All blown up. All blown up. From Image Comics, who are a strong contender in Publisher of the Year on our 11 o'clock, from what I hear, from what yeah. I hear, right? Yeah. Uh, it's The Art of Todd McFarlane, Devils in the Details, another massive book that would have cost you 40 bucks. But at Discount Comic Book Service, it's only nineteen ninety nine. And last but not least, I am so curious as to how this is going to come out from Ape Entertainment. They have a new Mature Readers imp- imprint. This is a continuation of Drew Hayes' Poison Elves. Now, if you remember back in the day, Poison Elves was <sighs> neck and neck with Cerebus for a long time as to like... Uh, the, the, the grand poobah of the independent comics. And then um, Drew Hayes died. Yeah. Unexpectedly, which is a really yeah. weird thing to say because no one expects anyone to die. But Well, at least not, well, a, young, at least not a young guy. He, died, like Drew. Yeah, he passed away unexpectedly. Yes. This thing is going to be written by Rob Horan and art by, I just wanted to say this, Osvaldo Pestana Montpellier. Mm. Yes. There's a Derek Robertson cover. There's an Osvaldo cover and there's a Terry Moore cover. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'd yes. like to see him draw of some, Lucifer. some elves. Yeah, he's, he's all bloody. He's got the the knife. It's great. Uh, two ninety nine cover price. But for you being in the DCBS club, which there's no official club to be in, you just have to give them money. Uh, it's a dollar sixty four. Forty five percent off. Do it. And Banthology Two is now up for pre order. Yeah, it is. Thirty five percent off Banthology Two. You got to order it. It's an anthology. Gotcha. A lot of people, most of the people in there are on our forum. It's it's wonderful stuff. Get thee to discount comic book service. And if you are a first time customer, enter this code into the pre moistened well groomed slot and you'll get an extra eight percent off. David, what it is? It is EOC 8. EOC 8. Get your next eight. Do not wait. Get the there now. DCB Do not service. wait. Put in EOC 8. Don't be late. Because they're great. EOC. Words to your mother. Yes. Discount comic book service. Go. Right mm-hmm. now. We'll be here waiting for you. All right. Drink roll call. Um, I have something that I'm, I'm going to open up now and then tell you about it at the end. Um. I have one more beer after this week 
um, from my beer exchange with Ash. So this has been going on for a while. I'll we, see. Yeah, we, we sent some <coughs> major amounts of beer back and forth to each other. This is from um, uh, the Russian River Brewing Company. Da. Okay. Da. da. Um, and they are in, where are they? Somewhere in California. Because everything, all of this is is California, as as left coast as was uh, uh, Russian River Brewing Company in Santa Rosa, uh, California, in Sonoma County. I and think that's this, right over by uh, Bob Brito. I think that's, that's it, his neck it, of the woods. It probably is. Um, this is their supplication ale. It is a sour ale, which you guys know I love the sour ales. And, uh, it is, uh, barrel aged 12 to 15 months. And it's, uh, it's aged in Pinot, Neo, uh, Pinot Noir, uh, barrels with, uh, cherries added. So I'm gonna, this has got a cork in it. Oh, it's got cherries in it too? Yeah, it's, so it's, so it's like a lambic. Yeah, it's going to be around, it's going to be very similar to a Lambic, and I'm trying to slowly take this cork out. But it's got cherries in it. Yeah, well, Lambics are, are fruit, kind of like fruit beers. Yes. That sounds great. I got. Oh, yeah. they're delicious. And this is going to be, it's going to be a, a really soured ale um, and uh, an aged in wine barrel. So it's going to be really fruity. It's going to have um, like uh, some, some hoppy uh, notes to it. Let me, see. Let me try this. I can't wait. This is one I've been saving up. Oh, it smells delicious. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of cherry. You slay you. I do. Oh, I'm the only it. one I yeah, slay. That's good. Jason, if you like Lambics, you would you would dig this. Yeah, it's really it's really tart. Well, I love tart cherries, that's for sure. Well, if you like, like tart cherries, like David. this is, this is, <laughs> nice this is one that you would enjoy. Because it's yeah, pucker, pucker tart cherries yeah. as well. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of cherry flavor, to, a lot of cherry fruit notes, and it's very, it's very tart. Um, yeah, very yummy. So this is the uh, the supplication <laughs> ale. For my, now the rest for of us are going to have nothing. It's going to be so um, anticlimactic after. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. All right. Oh uh, well, Vince wants to tell us what you're drinking. Okay, <laughs> what I'm what I'm currently drinking is a Samuel Adams trifecta. Okay. I have uh, Samuel Adams Holiday Porter. Uh huh. Yep. A a bottle of the old Feswig ale, uh-huh. and a bottle of the chocolate Bach. But uh-huh. and here's where it gets interesting. I have to thank good old Tom Kelly because he gifted me with a case of Yingling, and I'll be drinking that drinking that Whoa. next week. He he left it at uh, Comics on the Green in Scranton. But not only did he give me a case of beer, he gave me a card. Along with it, and, and it's an alt—it's an altered art card. It's a, it was originally a My Little Pony birthday card, but oh, no. uh, the the title of the card says "Have a Yummy Birthday," and he crossed out "birthday" with a sharpie and put "beer." So <laughs> have a yummy beer. Uh, I I could not find a have some beer card in My Little Pony. Happy mm-hmm. holidays from Tom Kelly, and it's a musical card. Listen. Oh God. Hope all your special wishes come true, and your birthday is truly magical. <laughs> Let's hear it again. <laughs> Hope all your special wishes come true, and your birthday is truly magical. 
He's a crazy guy, Tom Kelly. He uh, is. Go he, look at it. Tom Kelly does love you. Yes, go look at his art. Uh, HTTP, oh, blah, 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 uh, TomKellyArt.DeviantArt.com. The king of the Hello Kitty characters. Yeah, yeah. That's well, he does, yeah, he does more than that. It's his convention. No, that's thing. his I mean, Tom Tom card. Is the yeah, Hello Kitty cardboard. Yeah. Right, yeah. but he's he's a quite versatile. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's great oh, so go check them out. Tom Kelly Art, that's one word, dot deviantart.com. Thank you, Tom. And, and you, it sounds like you might be um, pretty blammoed by the end of uh, this episode. Like, Why? Out there. Oh, and Vince, Why? before we finish the drink roll call, since you did mention an artist that we adore and uh, My Little Pony, um, in spite of my very public declaration against bronies, mm-hmm. um, I have nothing against the comic, and I wanted to give a shout-out to another longtime friend of the show and listener, Mr. Tony Fleeks, who is uh, yes, he's he's drawing some of the uh, oh, the Tony comics. So congrats to Tony. You yeah, know, you you can you can dump on the the uh, after effects of the phenomenon, but the comic itself is really well done. It may well be, like I said, I'm nothing against the comic, I, but uh, more importantly, I, if if the comic's going to get uh, a dude like Tony Fleeks uh, wider recognition than all the better. Kind of page, and, right? and he did, and he did mention at at New York Comic Con that that Tony would love to sit in with us one night. Oh, no, nice. of sure. course. Yeah, sure. Just just after he's done with My Little Pony. Oh, sorry, that's the pimp it. There you go. Tony, Tony, if you bring some My Little Pony art, I may uh, take some of that off your hands. What a guy. For me. <laughs> Mia loves it. Oh, that's okay. You should love it. Co-worker. Yeah, Mia loves it. 23-year-old grown-ass man. <laughs> the minion. So, <laughs> no, not him. No, not the minion. No. Let's let's spin the table and see what other people are drinking here. Uh, uh, Jason. Yeah, I, like I said, it's going to be hard to follow those two. I, I'm drinking a delicious, from the homeland, uh, Harp Lager, bottled by Guinness. It's, it's uh, a hop drinker. It's uh, anyone that hasn't, anyone like me that loves lagers, and you can't drink Gingling every single day, I would say Harp is the way to go. Yes. But I also have a, a bottle sitting here to drink next, uh, which is a little more interesting, at least in terms of... Uh, the name, and that is by uh, from Lagunitas Brewing Company, and that's ah. a, a little something something ale. That's which, one of my uh, favorites. Yeah, um, buddy yeah, of mine brought me a, a twelve pack uh, when I had uh, for New Year's. So I got to find it. out. Uh, we may um, be able to go to the new Lagunitas Brewery um, for C two E two. They may be up and running by then. What like a tour? Yeah, they're they're opening a new brewing facility um, here in Chicago. I think they may be up and running um, by the time C two E two comes around. So Do they give you samples. I'm, I'm sure. sure samples are involved. Nice, awesome, so easy. Yeah. So. Damn, give me free. Damn, why not? Yeah, so there could be some some beer. I'm, I'm imagining there'll be some beer drinking going on over that weekend. I would think yes. Considering we're uh, staying in a loft above a bar at Wrigley Field, uh, yeah, yeah like cat, literally cat a cornered to, to Wrigley Field. So I'm imagining there'll be some beer beer consumption. Congrats to Sammy Sosa on his 12.20 percent Hall of Fame voting today. Oh, he's never getting in. Dude. You're almost there, and, Sammy. <laughs> he's he's never getting in, and I don't think that I don't think that that Clemens or uh, or Bonds are going to get in next year. I do think that uh, I do think that Craig Biggio got jobbed big time. Well, that's more of a that's more of a uh, of a not first ballot type of thing, which I think is so arbitrary. But you know, guys vote that yeah, way. Yeah, I, 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 I think Craig Biggio is the first ballot Hall of Famer. But that's that's just that's either that's, way. Like I said on Twitter, if the Big Hurt doesn't get in next year, I will go postal on some people. 
That's uh, well. We may have to. Uh, um, we may have to think about meeting in Cooperstown next year because I've been wanting to take uh, Marta there, and she's. You were here last time. Oh, I you, can't wait to see Alice. Well, I will say if 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 Frank does get inducted, I mean, he may not be. People may arbitrarily not put him in the first ballot either, which he should. But he if should, he does get in next year, I, I would definitely love to go because he's, as you know, my second favorite player of all time, and I would love to see him inducted. So. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey, Meet what you, what you drinking, buddy? Uh, well, I am right now. got all fucking twitchy. It was a two. <laughs> it was a two-parter. There, there was. Um, I am drinking right now. Uh, courtesy of our pal on the form, night nurse Travis, for the uh, for the, the the form gift exchange, he gifted me a bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon from Kestrel yeah, Falcon Series. Um, and so that is what I'm sipping right now. But earlier this evening, after I got home, I decided to um, pour some out and 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 have a toast to our dearly departed CBG. Yes. Oh, look at you, you sentimental bastard. I really am a sentimental bastard. Who I, can claim I, growing up in comics and not encountering CBG? I, there have been, there have been. I, yes, I know that the mag, the, the the recent magazine format was not my favorite iteration yeah. of the publication. I I love the. I I wasn't there for the newsletter for the original buyer's guide to comics fandom, but the original fanzine. But when, uh, but as far as the newspaper with the, with with the Joe Staten art and and Oso and other yeah. segments of of the newspaper and and Wolf and Bird and I remember Fit to Print and I. Little That's th- the column I was thinking of. There you go. There are little things that I've learned over the years. A lot of little pieces of trivia that that Renee wishes weren't filling my head that that I've accumulated <laughs> because of not just Amazing Heroes and the Comics Journal and and Comic Scene or Comics Feature, but CBG between Don and Maggie, and but I digress. And Tony's tips and and Ingersoll's column laws and ass. But there was. Little things that I'd pick up over the years, like the reason Fit to Print was a paid advertisement in the newspaper is because Don Thompson was such a stickler for proper grammar and pronunciation, he would not allow Cat Yarn Wood's column with the lowercase i and, and, and her lowercase name. It wouldn't, it was not, he would not allow it to be a regular feature, regular column of the newspaper. Really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that paid ad. And that was the only way she would be able to get away with it because of the ad. I remember someone trying to get readers to part with their hard-earned cash. If you <laughs> if you sent this person so much money, he would tell you which issue of the newly fairly newly formed Valiant Universe, which issue was going to be worth so much money because that was going to be the first appearance of Master Dark. And uh-huh. if, as long, if you told, if, if you sent him money, he'd let you know what issue it was, so you'd be able to go out and buy the issue. And, I mean, there were just, I have so many memories of CBG. I mean, I, 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 I got a few issues today. I have the one where, where it was a color newspaper. Cover story is, is Mark Wade quoted saying, I was fired. When oh yeah, fired him and and Waringo from Fantastic Four, so they oh, could yeah. have they could have Jameis's friend, um, Sagara come in and 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 work on the book, which they ended up giving to Marvel Knights Four. But I mean, there were just yeah, it 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 
kind of it pains me. It's it makes me sad to think that no matter what format it's in, whether I'm reading it or not, that it's not going to be out there right. anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You were going in the direction that I wanted to go. For, uh, for me, the articles were were fun. But the the real joy of CBG were all the ma- many 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 ads in the back. Yes, uh, some of them were hand drawn by uh, professionals, others not so professional. But mm-hmm. it just just really fun times, and it bring it, one of those little time machines. And it sucks Absolutely. that that they couldn't um, survive the internets. But it happens. It does. It does. It does. So yeah, pour one out for Don and the magazine. Because we never got a chance to pour one out for Don because no. he died before we did this. So yes, that's true. That's true. And but we wish Maggie, Maggie still has and she's on Twitter. She's she she's uh, you know she she's still writing and and of course um, Tony Isabella is tweeting. And I actually I'm I I'm um, I follow Bob Ingersoll on on Twitter and, and every once in a while he'll throw out some some witty lawyer like puns. But no, I, they're just they're and and, and you had you know. Mr. Silver Age, and I mean there was and Briz. I, I I used to love his 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 character and in, in the in the overalls and and I mean there are just so many things yeah. in mm-hmm. and it and and it covered I, it covered so much. Uh, Andy Mangles had uh, had his coming mean, after he kind of left Amazing Heroes or when that folded, he still did work for Amazing Heroes. It's just been it it really is one of those things. I still have the um the hardcover. That they released way, way back in the day, where uh, it basically listed every every comic creator who was alive. And it was it was like it was almost like not an encyclopedia, but basically just a uh, just a who's who in the industry. And and I love this book, and I took a picture of the inside because in it there is a picture, Sans Chapeau, but Andy Parks with hair. <laughs> I want to see that. We'll show it to you. I scan it, send it, post it. You got it. it. You got I, it. I need to see that yeah. now. Dave, now, one right. of my questions was answered today. Um, I always wondered why CBG didn't release digital archives of, of the old issues. Because not only are they hard to get, if you do find them, they're all brown and, and nasty. Because yes. they were printed on newsprint. Yep. And uh, they someone, I forget who it was, said that... It's a rights issue because they do not own the reprint rights for a lot of the columns. So going through piece by piece and picking which ones they could reprint, which ones they couldn't would be not only would it take a long time, but it would be counterproductive because you only get a small view of the magazine as a whole. So they said, nah, we're just not going to do digital stuff. They have some, but they're way more recent. And uh, I want the old ones. So you know who it's up to now? The Pirates. The, yeah. the, the digital scanners. I mean, something good could come out of that. Get somebody go back and rescan all or, or scan all oh, of the sure old CBGs and, and decide. They're, well, they're out I, I've looked, dude. I cannot find them. Mm. Yeah, some. <laughs> yeah, I, I. It's one of the things I always keep in the back of my head for when I'm doing searches, and it never ever comes up. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Whatever. Right. So let's. Yes. CBG. Bye bye. We love you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So what do we got? Where are we going? Oh, uh, I have two really quick thank yous. Okay. I got the Christmas card from our buddy PHH. Nice. Um, okay. yeah, yes. Yeah. And just today, I was uh, gifted with a 12-inch plush Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, you were. 12-inch yeah. what? Plush Cthulhu by uh, our, our buddy uh, GB. 
uh, Glenn B. I, I won't say his last name because maybe he cares about such Uh-oh. stuff. Glenn B., Mr. GB, yes. gave, got me a, a 12-inch plush Cthulhu. And I'm opening it my <laughs> wife just looking at me, just shaking her head like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, so much, honey. So much. Yes. <laughs> so, so thank you, GB. It's, it's, it has a place of honor on my sh- my shelf right next to the uh, monitor. So I'll look at it every time I record. Yeah, it does. Awesome. He does not slumber, though. This is Party Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah, boy. <laughs> All right. So there we go. Two quick ones. What do we got? Somebody go. I want to hear about comics. Comics? Jason. What are those? Come on. Vincent. Uh, okay. So let's see. I did a ass load of reading this week. Um, well, the this week, the sixth and final issue of um, a Vertigo limited series came out by uh, an artist that we all have sung his praises in the past, and that is uh, Punk Rock Jesus, uh, which right. was uh, written and illustrated by Sean Murphy, who we have uh, uh, previously touted for his work on uh, American Vampire and for his time on Joe the Barbarian and... Off-road. Uh, yeah. I really like the first and, issue. So, um, What's that? Thanks. I really like the first issue. That's his, yeah, that's what I told Jason. When he, when yeah. he mentioned the book, I was like, yeah, I, I haven't really read it since the first, and, and I, I, it's something I want to go back to. I look forward to hearing this. Yeah. I wish yeah, I had so, a dollar for everybody who told me it's in my wheelhouse. It is, <laughs> definitely. It is oh, yeah. definitely. Um, so, well, the, the premise is um, uh, the premise is that a uh, opportunistic uh, media executive makes an arrangement with the Vatican to obtain DNA from the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> and to clone Jesus Christ in the modern world. And he creates a Truman, Truman Show-esque reality uh, show built around a virgin girl named Mary who is inseminated with the cloned uh, uh, egg of Jesus. And then the baby is born, and it chronicles uh, the life of, uh, they call him Chris, but uh, of Jesus Christ's clone, uh, and for all the world to see, and it basically chronicles from his inception through his 16th birthday, relatively. Um, and you know, it's it's Murphy's now. Now to be a couple little background. Murphy is Murphy has been working on this idea since the early 2000s. In fact, this was the first thing he ever pitched to Vertigo, uh, and they. Liked the idea, but but passed on it originally, and then basically after he uh, got some run on American Vampire and Joe the Barbarian, uh, he after he became big shit. Yeah, yeah, and they well they they wanted to you know they said we want to keep you, you're important, and he said well how about that that punk rock Jesus idea, and they said okay let's do it. Um, it's a black and white comic, uh, and I know I've heard some people criticize that. Because if people that know Murphy's style know he's pretty hyper detailed when he wants to be, mm-hmm. and uh, and some people think that uh, have commented they thought that the black and white didn't serve it well. I disagree, and I think oh, especially beautiful. yeah, it's beautiful. And Murphy intended for it to be black and white because he, given the subject matter uh, and it being you know about punk rock and rebellion, he he thought it would be more apropos of a indie esque type of comic like uh, you know from another another era to do it in black and white. Um, but what's interesting about it is that um, he intentionally changes his style depending on the period of the book. So um, in instances where they're within like the compound, I mean, basically the whole thing, Chris and his mother 
uh, and his bodyguard and the scientist who created Chris and a number of other people are essentially prisoners for all intents and purposes on this island where the show is filmed. Uh, and part of that is because, as you might imagine, what, how would the world react to you know a cloned Jesus Christ? Right? There would be fanatical obsession about him, both people that hated him and you know viewed him as as you know Fox News would lose their shit. Absolutely. So they basically are stuck on this island, and uh, and so in times when he's when Chris is in the is in the lab or on this island, and it, it, he's it, it's the the classic very tightly drawn, clean lined you know Sean Murphy that you, you, we've seen in like Joe the Barbarian, um, and then when he kind of breaks mold and becomes a punk rock singer and you know kind of gets more uh, anarchistic and he's out in the real world, it becomes much scratchier. And, you know, Murphy's really trying to play with his line to convey uh, the level of chaos that is inherent in Chris's life at the time. So, I mean, I think it's, it's really powerful the way he chooses to do it. Um, at its heart, this is a criticism or not even a, a commentary, if you will, on a lot of themes that are rampant in our world today. You know, the, the media's 24 by 7 news cycle, mm-hmm. our obsession with reality TV. Um, our obsession with modern day idolatry of all kinds, you know, how we turn people like TV stars and rock stars into modern day gods in a lot of ways. Um, and then, you know, at, at its heart, the main, the main commentary is, um, questioning organized religion, particularly Christianity, although mo- Muslim Islam is also called into question here. But the, the, the validity and role that organized religion play, uh, for good or for bad in society. And, um, this is without question autobiographical. You know, if you've if you've heard Murphy talk about the book, he's very open about that. Murphy was born and raised a devout Irish Catholic, um, and he considered himself highly devout and unyielding for a long time. Uh, then he moved in uh, when he was post, I guess, post college, maybe during college. I'm not sure over the age, but he moved in with Zach Howard, another creator. And uh, while he was living with Zach, he began to question his faith. And he said over a few month period, basically became went from a devout Catholic to a complete, un, 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 unabashed atheist, uh, and and so he, you know a lot of the the struggle that he went through and his his views on faith and science um, are reflected in different characters in this book, um, and and so you know from that perspective, this is very much sort of his wanting to get those ideas out there on the paper, um, but where I have to give him a lot of credit is that you know even even. Again, I, I make no, I make no, uh, no qualm, or rather, I, I don't hide the fact that I am an atheist. Um, but I'm also, as you guys know, married to a, a an Irish Catholic. My kids are being raised Catholic, and uh, I was raised Catholic. So, you know, this is definitely from a, a like a, a journey standpoint. You know, I definitely can empathize with him. I mean, I, I pretty much became, or at least identified as an atheist in my early teen years. You know, having probably had a lot of doubts before that, but but I kind of came to that. You know, I guess I self-labeled myself that in, in, in about the same time that 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 I, it sounds like Murphy did, and and uh, um, so so I knew I would find this book intriguing. But as you guys also know, I think one of the problems with with a lot of quote unquote atheists is that they view atheism almost as a religion yeah. and feel and feel compelled to preach it. And decry anyone who doesn't believe the way they do, and 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 to me, preachy atheists are as off-putting as anyone that's overtly preachy in their own yeah. Faith. It, whenever whenever it becomes its own religion, exactly, it's kind exactly. of defeating the 
perf, you know, the purpose of yeah. It's I yes. absolutely feel the same. Exactly. So 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 in in knowing in knowing that this, what this book was going to be about, I was a little prepared or apprehensive for the idea that it could become preachy. You know, and it could be like, you know, oh, you know, religion sucks and you all are stupid. So so I was prepared for that and I thought, you know, boy, this could be really off-putting for a lot of people. But to his credit, you know, that's not really how this goes. In fact, the most interesting character in the book is not uh, Chris, not Jesus Christ. Um, it's it's actually Thomas who is his uh, his bodyguard, and, and Thomas very much visually looks like the Punisher in the book. He's uh, like a really muscular, um, you know, black haired, uh, you know, white guy. Um, but but the character is is just fascinating. He is a um, former uh, member of the IRA and uh, and a devout Catholic, and um, his parents were killed very early in his life in a raid. And he ends up um, becoming an IRA assassin. And uh, by the time we meet him in this book, he is essentially on a quest now because of of the fact that this is, you know, Jesus Christ, or at least he views it as Jesus Christ's second coming. He he's trying to make amends for his prior life as a uh, as a as a terrorist, effectively. Um, and and they really go into Thomas's. Um, motivations, his history. You learn a lot about what he went through as well as is is the fact that you find out that he he his perceptions of his childhood and his role in the IRA are really turned on their head as the book unwinds and he realizes that a lot of things that he thought were true about his own life were actually not true. So um I, I just think Murphy did a really nice job of teetering that line, right? Because anytime you're dealing with these subjects, it's going to be highly, highly um uh, sensitive, right? I mean, it's 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 living with people of faith and particularly oh, my sure. in-laws. It's hard for people that are like devoutly Christian to even entertain the debate of the yeah. other side. So yeah. you know, yeah, I I deal with this all the time, and and I've had listeners that have you know I'm I'm a Christian. Yeah. I don't act I like it all, all the time. I'm, not, probably a, I'm not a very good Christian, but I do I do have faith. I, I guess is probably the, the the best way to put it because I'm 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 a terrible Christian a lot of the time. Um, being put in the position of reexamining your faith is a good thing and books like this that that make you question things ultimately you come away from them either either having a a stronger sense of faith or realizing that your faith wasn't strong enough and and that's it, it, it that is all on the individual and um you know if you believe in something strong enough that that it could be shaken to its foundation by by a comic or uh, you know a, a piece of literature or a, a, a news story on a on a on a, a TV show. You know, it's then 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 you've got bigger problems than that. So yeah. uh, I never ever have problems with with comics or literature or commentary or discussions or debates that, that bring faith into question. Because I think that if you are faithful, you, part of that is, is constantly being able to defend your faith or to assert your faith on yourself, not on others, but, Mm -hmm. but to explain your faith. So yeah, it's, I, 
I I enjoyed the first issue, and I look forward to to reading the rest of it. It's not going to it's not going to change my belief structure, sure. and, and and if it does, then um, then I've got bigger you know problems and not strong enough beliefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's the interesting thing here is that you know the the there's a story right, which is that. Uh, you know, they, they clone Jesus Christ and, and he, he's grown up in this very sheltered world where they only let him, you know, he has in-house tutors and they teach him, uh, they teach him creationism and they, uh, they, they convince the world, himself included, that he's performing miracles. Um, like there's a, a time when as a baby, um, his, his mother goes to grab him a bottle or someone goes to grab him a bottle to feed him. And they go to put it in his mouth, and he spits it out like it's disgusting. And they look at it, and it's actually wine. Yeah. And so they're like, "Oh my god, you know, baby Jesus turned you know milk into wine or water into wine." And um, and in essence, actually, what it was was that his mother was becoming an alcoholic, and she had snuck, she had stashed wine away, and they accidentally grabbed the bottle with the stashed wine, right? Oh, so like, you know, so like, there's things like that, and then and then as as would as would be typical of a teenager in general much less one that's lived his whole life on camera chris becomes very dubious of his faith and uh and rails against it declares himself an atheist and then joins a punk band called the flak jackets and so imagine what would happen in a world where the entire world has watched this kid grow up and whether they think he's jesus or not He's. Re- I mean, think of how wildly divisive this human being would be, right? Because you've got a chunk of the world that really thinks he's the savior. You've got a chunk of the world that thinks he's a savior and because of that want to kill him. You have a chunk of the world that thinks he's a complete fraud and thus want to kill him. And then you have a chunk, you know what I mean? Like, so, but like everyone has an opinion though, right? Like it's, they may love him, hate him, but they have an opinion of him. And then he comes out in his teen years and says, I'm an atheist and starts decrying it. So like, it, it's just a fascinating conundrum because if you take a step back and you think like, what if like Jesus Christ really did come out and say like God doesn't exist? Like what would that do to the world? Right? Like like and it and it deals with that. Um, and it deals with with a narrative that's interesting. I will you know marry his his mother again. She's a they they handpick her. She's this innocent teenage girl and they impregnate her. But you know again she doesn't really think about what she's getting in for because. At first, she's like the small town girl, and she's being offered this chance to be famous and to live in this beautiful, you know, mansion on this island, and everything is great. But then she doesn't ever think about the fact that she becomes a prisoner. You know, she on camera twenty four seven, and she can't do anything, and every she can't spend time alone with her baby because you know they're they're making the baby you know into this this media thing, and 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 so she starts to hate her life, and she starts trying to escape the island, and. They keep having to bring her back, and then they, you know, she becomes an alcoholic, and they finally fire her from the show, and so she's like restrained from from her son. And then it's like, so it, like all these character arcs are really well done. Um, the only thing I will say, because the sixth issue just came out this week, the only thing I will say is I think the book ends a little bit on a on a on a, a low note in in the sense that um, the way Murphy wraps the book up, I thought personally. With a little bit of like a not a MacGuffin, but I think he kind of lets lets his foot off the gas pedal a little bit at the end. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to say I don't want to get into specifically why I wait for you guys to read it, but but um, he, I think he five and a half issues of it. He I think he puts a lot of big ideas out there without yeah. answering them, and I feel it's it's like um it's like the Blade Runner thing. Like is he or isn't he a, a you know an android? It's like. At the end, he answers some questions 
in the last few pages that I don't think he should have in the sense that I think it was more interesting to not Even know. unanswered. Yeah, yeah like, like well, to not well, know, for example, if, if he really is the clone of Jesus, right? Because that's in question the whole book. Like, is he really yeah. a clone of Jesus or isn't he? You know, could you really get DNA from 2,000 years ago? Um, it's funny because, that. I mean, that's, that's not a unique concept. There's um, – uh, well, uh, Tim Seeley played around with it with um, – um, why am I going to space on this? Uh, the, the Jesus uh, vampire um, – Loaded Bible. Loaded Bible. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That was a that was a clone of Christ, and and so they they kind of, you know played around with uh, with that idea uh, a lot. There was a, a series of books, oh, probably about fifteen years ago that uh, that did kind of exactly what uh, uh, what this did, and that it was uh, it was clone dna from the shroud of turin okay. and and that that clone of christ ends up being the antichrist and um uh, it was uh, i i can't remember the series of books but um yeah very you know, this is this is not an absolutely unique idea now now murphy really kind of fleshed it out and did it as you know as as his own story but it, it's something that's been played around with before mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but yeah. Well, well, Jason, cool. uh, yeah. when you were talking about uh, the unanswered questions Murphy mm-hmm. leaves hanging, how is that any different from real-world religion? It, it's all unanswered questions. So, no, that's uh, what I'm saying. He he decides to answer the questions, and that's why I think it maybe shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think it, oh, it's he, more interesting to be to does not know. answer things. He does. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm saying. Oh, okay. I thought you said wrong. he doesn't. Like, no, no, no. I'm, like I'm saying for most of the book, you know, there's people that, that don't believe he's the clone of Jesus. So others absolutely think he's, he is. And and I would just as soon think it would have been more effective to not ever answer that question. Yeah, I agree. Right. So, but 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 in spite of, of that, and again, you know, I think we all have to always be careful of confusing what a, I, I know at least I'm guilty of this. Sometimes I, I, I let like what I think the book should be affect like what it, my view of what it actually is mm-hmm. and whether or not I – that's maybe if I were writing this story, I would have done it, finished it a little bit differently. I don't want to make it seem like that's a criticism of the work because Murphy told the story he wanted to tell and I think he did a really effective job of it. You know what I mean? Cool. So uh, so again, I, I think the, the series was fantastic and you know, I really am interested in hearing people that have read this book uh, that are of faith in the sense that you know it's tough for me to read a book like this and not – and, and really get a sense for whether it would be off-putting or offensive some of the things that happen because I, I mean I happen to share Sean Murphy's views almost to a T, but you know so I'm not I'm not looking at it in the way that a person that like Chris who identifies as a a Christian would would look at the book. So I'm just I'm curious about that as well. So, um, but you know, and the book looks great. Obviously, I mean Murphy's just a beast. So um, you know, by all means, I, I I would highly recommend this book to anyone that's not you know just if the only people that shouldn't read this book are those that are not only devout but would be offended by the mere thought that like there's that that God might not exist like if if just if if that very concept is off putting to you then this you don't want to read this book cuz i mean he he would you know he takes the view that 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 uh you know as an atheist would but but if you're open to a story that that at least you know debates the issue then then you know this is this is certainly worth your time cool i would yeah. When's it out in trade? Uh, I so, think it was already solicited, right? I, I didn't order okay. the tricks, I had the issues, but so I don't know, but soon, okay. I would imagine. Yeah. It sounds good. 
It is it good. Does, yeah. yeah, and it looks good. It looks good. Oh, it looks oh, Sean Murphy. Yeah, it's fantastic. You know, I know. You're right. You're right. It, it really is. I mean, you can't. He he has such a unique style. It's it's a little bit of. It kind of reminds me of of some of the old school indie artists that I liked, and and it 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 works in today's comics. But mm-hmm. um, no, I mean, it's his layouts are really strong too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and he he seems like I, little I've I've I haven't actually talked to him, but just what how I've seen him at conventions and and things like that. He doesn't. There really isn't anything off putting about the guy that I've even regardless of what his stance is on on anchors. But yeah, you're absolutely right, Chris. Absolutely, he's just so talented. Yeah. Yep. There, so there was a there, there there was an EOC live tweet from someone who asked, and I know we've gone into this before through not even on this show, but just on on other podcasts we've been on. Someone wants to know, how did we all meet? Oh, Uh, uh, It all comes from, I guess, Comic Geek geek Speak forums um, going going back a ways now. Going back a bunch of ways, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we, we all... We all had accounts there at one point or the other. Some of us signed on when when it was brideemer.com. Some of us when when they actually had the URL. I we were, I, we were pretty. We were all pretty early listeners. I mean, probably yeah. starting in. The, 20s, I know 30s. I started. I started listening in the early twenties or yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, I listened to episode six when I first got on iTunes. Oh wow! Nice. Oh yeah. wow! Shit, mm-hmm. you were predate. I didn't join the forum we? though right away though. I, yeah. sat, oh, I was there okay. to the forum that you guys all were. Okay. Yeah, that's that's I remember that's the Deadpool what. Avatar and and uh and I and I didn't I met I met Vince at episode one hundred that the recording for that mm-hmm. and again yeah. and again at two hundred. I did not meet Chris until he was foolish enough to invite me out to Chicago for Wizard World two thousand six. Yeah. And that started the whole mess of trouble. Yeah, that's, that's where, where all the trouble starts. Like, yeah. Uh, it it was so so CGS is where we all mm-hmm. is, is where we all met. I know that you know a bunch of us were were kind of all because there were times where actually, well, there was when around comics was first starting when you and when Chris and Sal started recording together and and um and sending in segments to CGS. Those many no, that was just me that did that. There was the the one time um. Like episode forty three and a half or something. It was like a yeah, it was a, it was a, a early Wizard World, and okay. boy, it's I will never go back and listen to that because you, oh. you know, <laughs> I did not know <laughs> about <laughs> shit. So um, yeah, scary. Nice. But we, I, I, I'm advanced. Still don't know much about anything. At, oh, stop. At uh, yeah, the, the recording for the 100th episode of CGS, the 200th episode. That was the last real show that I I went to, and then. Uh, after that, in 2006, I said I was a guest with Dave Wachter on an episode of Around Comics, an early episode of Around Comics, and uh, yeah. we're talking about conventions, and and I was on there as someone who hadn't been to a con in years, and 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 what I would expect to get out of a convention, and and things like that. I was invited out to Chicago, which. Surprisingly, Renee was like, "Yeah, fine, go to Chicago to a bunch of people you've never met before. I have no problem with that." And it was, and and Chris, and so so Chris extended the invite to Vince. Um, 
Chris met me. What a O'Hare, right? Is he on the mute? Do we no, lose? I think he muted. Yeah, it's funny. It, 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 it's fantastic. It really is. And then, and, and then the next day, because I got there Thursday, Vince got there Friday, and and saw Vince again. And that was the first time Vince and Chris had met face to face. And it was just, it was. I, there, there are so many things that I take away from that. Well, it, I, I think about it. who, who were some of the people that we were hanging out with in the lobby. Not just yeah. the lobby, but upstairs by the elevators. Paper yeah, cut. yeah, and, and, and like, no, like just literally just hanging out with, and I, nobody knew them from Adam, and now it's very funny to them, me. As we're talking to them, Chris Somney is sketching in my uh-huh. in Kansas mm-hmm. trade that I bought yeah. that week. And, and we're sitting across the table from Mike Oliveri and future future Wolverine and 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 Deadpool team up writer Colin Bond. Colin Bond, yeah. I mean oh, it nice. was it was a fantastic weekend. I mean and, and that, Colin and his wife and, and Chris and Laura and and it was, you know, just us a you know, bunch of you know you know know nothings and aspiring comic book creators and yeah, it was uh yeah, it, it was very, very cool. You know, John Cassidy at and at, at the bar at, at at Knuckles, and and they were, and I mean, as far as creators go, but I mean, we that 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 weekend, we met Dan Papercut. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Handsome Dan. Handsome, very handsome Dan. Completely blew blew my expectations. Like, wow, really? Yeah. You, you don't look like Morpheus at all. <laughs> and then, um, but it was it was a fantastic weekend. Uh, the the. Matt Kramer and and Dave Mathis and and just so many people that weekend, um, and then that was that I finally met once 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 Vince was ready to pull the plug. Well, Vince <laughs> was pulling the plug. Oh please do, Tony. <laughs> so, okay, Beyonce. One, yeah, right. All right. Hilarious. <laughs> once once we dissolved. There you go. Bulletins. Not like this. <laughs> yeah, after after Chris played us out, we um and, and a few months go by, and Vince is like, okay, we're, we're, I want to do another podcast, and 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 this is who I want to be on it, and 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 much to my, it it it, it worked out beautifully, and and it took me. When did when did we finally meet, Jason? Well, you finally talked to her on episode four, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, I mean, we met... Uh, um, Chicago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No. At the C2E2. No, was that... Is that really when we first met? I think so. You might have met Vince before that. Well, I had met Vince before that. That's how Vince... I think we... Yeah, I think we've only ever been together, the four of us, once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess you're right. That's crazy to think it's, of. It's David's yeah. fault. Ultimately. It is. It is. Right. So, well, right. Always so, the, the, we're, we're, I, yeah, that story. I mean, I come in a little later, right? Which is that I was, uh, I was pretty active on the CGS forums, and David had kind of gone less active, and Chris was pretty much gone by then. Um, but I was, I was talking to Vince on there, and we met Vince at a CGS thing. I guess yes. 300, episode mm. 300, probably. Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we got along reasonably well, I'd like to think. And uh, <laughs> reasonably well, I didn't punch him in the sack. <laughs> yes, right. and then and so then we started. I started listening to bullpen bulletins and uh, and annoying David on their forum. 
And, uh, <laughs> uh, I remember going on the forum being like, what kind of maniacs do they have on this forum? Seriously, yeah. Uh, uh, well, yeah, and, and then I didn't really know Chris. Show, Jason, I mean, that's the biggest. Representative I mean, of the show. Yeah, I didn't know Chris really at all um, until, uh, I mean, again, similarly, I was a fan of, I was listening to AC for a while before, uh, um, and I'd heard Chris on Bullpen a couple times as a guest and stuff, but I didn't know Chris personally at all. And then, uh, like you were saying, David, Vince, Vince was like, dude, we want to do a new podcast and we want you, I want you to be on it. And I was like, oh no. I mean, uh, <laughs> seems like a lot of effort. David, Vince is like, nah, it'll be fun, dude. So long ago. How long have we been doing five this? Five years. Five years. Is yeah. it really five years? Yeah. yeah. It's he's so like, funny. Whenever I started, it's like, hey, you know what? I, I like Vance. I like David. I don't know who this wood guy is. It, you know, it's something extra to do on top of AC, which was my baby. <laughs> no, seriously. You know, no, I know. I know. But it, Why I mean, were you laughing at that? Amusing. No, in hindsight, I'm saying. But yes, <laughs> at the time, absolutely. Yeah. Because at I the mean, time, I thought I'd still be doing Marvel Noise every week, and we see how that went. Oh, but it's yeah. still going? It's still going, yes. I get to say hello, and then I hand it off to Steve. But yes, it's still going every other week. Nothing wrong with that. So but you're, yeah, you're I, mean, you know, it's, I mean, AC, I mean, I was like, you know, I'll do around comics forever. And this <laughs> Bolton, Bolton's thing is just, you know, or the 11 o'clock thing is just a chance for me to yeah, talk. It took us a while to come up with a name, too. Do I? Yeah. It took us a while to come up with a name. Yeah, I still don't know how we came up with that. Because that's I worked nights. I worked until the evening, so we could only really start recording until eleven right. o'clock real time. And yeah. that's when Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Okay. But yeah, so I didn't uh I mean I didn't um I mean I knew Vince pretty well by then, but I didn't know you I didn't and I had chatted with David like online, but I didn't really know yeah. him personally. And then we started doing the show and, and uh yeah, I mean Chris, I didn't meet you until Chicago for sure. That was when you picked me up at the airport, that was the first we actually ever yeah. met in person. Yeah, but crazy. it was weird because it was like internet pen pal type of thing. Because by the time I met you two, I mean we I had already considered you guys good friends. It was like yes. you know because we had spent so much. Oh yeah, stuff, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was really all. I mean, I, as much as we don't need to blow Vince's uh, big bald Sicilian head up anymore, he really is responsible for the genesis of, of at least all our friendships. Because I mean, I, I again, I don't know that we would have ever gotten to be good friends otherwise. Because yeah. you know, I, I knew of you guys, but we weren't really didn't have much personal interaction until the show. So. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I was, I was thinking about the whole, you know, the the whole history of, um, you know, the comic podcast and and where it's where it's gone and and it's been it's been interesting. You know, it's what we're are we about eight years now? You mean in general podcast? Yeah, yeah, we'll do a comic book podcast. Yeah, I guess. Because yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, yeah. I think so. iTunes is is like ten years old or twelve years old or something like that. So it's it's yeah it's um yeah because I, I I was still in I know I was living in Tarrytown is before we moved here. So we're talking two thousand five ish. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I'd say so. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 interesting to think about all the changes that have taken place and you know, I remember when there you know it was like CGS and Neil Gorman's cast oh, yeah. and Augie and Augie and Bruce Rosenberger yeah it, yeah um a comic yeah, cast, cast is still, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember when it was like five shows well, yeah. Bruce was yeah. the first wasn't he who Bruce was, was the first. I think, I think Bruce he, was the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, it wasn't. It it became comic cast, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was that um, beginning. Augie was right behind him, right? I mean, he yeah. was. Yeah, Augie was, like, was, was very very early. Yeah, and you know the iFanboy guys were were early because they had oh, been web radio. Yeah, the, what? Over 
Vampirito was the first one to kind of fade. Well, I guess he and Bruce, right? Like, you were the first yeah. two to kind of... Well, no, but see, but Bruce... But Scott, but Scott in Texas, Scott was doing terrestrial radio, right. and yeah. they were yeah. just repurposing as yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think that Scott ever really kind of made the, the real mental switch to say, my real audience can be the podcast as right. opposed right. to the radio audience. And yeah. that was... Uh, but Scott, Scott's a really nice guy, and he had us on... Uh, real early whenever the whole podcast thing was was evolving it's one of my favorite podcast memories or actually i guess radio memories is that he had uh brubaker on and you still might be able to find it out there somewhere but uh brubaker was on fanboy radio and he kept you know, dropping f-bombs and scott kept freaking out and saying dude you you've got to watch your language and he's just like uh what do you mean he's like this is the radio and he's like oh and it's like brubaker didn't understand he was on the radio he thought he was on a podcast could say whatever the fuck he wanted <laughs> and, and he's like oh don't you have you know a tape where you can wind it back he's like yeah you already used that up so <laughs> and that was you know just kind of a not not an aha moment but but certainly affirmation that Heaven creators on podcasts. It was a time when you know they didn't really. There was a lot of a lot of the younger creators, and it was a kind of a new a new tool for them to use promotion wise. And it was cool because they, they didn't really think that it was reaching as many people as maybe as it was. So you got some really candid moments with people more so than I think that you would get now with a lot of people. I think they're um, very conscious that, that being on a podcast, it's going to get out there. It's going to get on message boards. It's going to get on Twitter. And, you know, anytime you open your mouth about anything, um, you can just assume that everyone is going to, to be privy to that. And so like that first two or three years and shit, we had, we had Fraction on, and he was saying crazy shit on our show, and it yeah. was, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yeah. So it was, it was, it was a neat time, and I think that we, um, eleven o'clock came in, kind of at the at the end of that first real big wave, and um, yeah. It, well, it did as it I best. said, I mean, I, I really thought when we when Vince said, you know, you guys want to do a podcast, I thought it had already gotten to the point where. Um, like I had thought that 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 we, there, it was already the market was already kind of established, you know. Like the the first movers were already there and, and had big big listenerships, and no podcast that would start then would really be able to get any kind of significant momentum. So I went in thinking we're just going to do this to have fun, and and we're going to be a little nichey thing that no one ever really listens to. Well, that's a great way to approach it now. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, but so I but I have to say, like, I mean, I was I was I think fair to say you guys were too. I mean, I was sort of. Ple- obviously pleasantly but but shocked at, at how you know we seemingly got a pretty big audience quickly because i i just didn't think like we i just thought the market was too crowded by then you know and, and i think it certainly helped obviously that you guys had bullpen and and nac had already sort of oh, been there so oh, yeah. but um but i mean that that was sort of the surprise to me like in the beginning was that like we went to those first few shows like that first new york comic-con and like you know people like stegman and stuff are like oh i listen to your show and i'm like what yeah, yeah like huh right. wait well, i'm like really <laughs> and <laughs> it's like and, and it's still Hearing that, I mean, still, of course, is going to freak me out, especially if it's someone like Stegman or uh, really but, Stegman. Yeah, yeah, seriously, Stegman. Ron, Stegman. Um, yeah, but Stegman, Stegman's drawn superior Spider-Man. I know. Yeah, first but he's, issue he's Stegman, though. He's such a, I know. Such he's, a, I know. A down to earth guy. Yeah, you know, Sony too. Sony got well, Mike Norton. So that's I mean, that's your, your your love. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, 
Yeah. But it's, I mean, I, like it's not. I, I know exactly what Jason means, and, and it's, I don't, if anybody were to say, you know, do you have any advice? I want to start a podcast. I Don't. I'd be the wrong person. <laughs> no, well, don't. But I, I never, I always, you know, I, I could sit in a car and, and, and just spew this shit to Renee all day and, and <laughs> watch her go crazy. Poor, or poor woman. I could talk into a microphone and and get it out and if anybody listens to it great but but on the nights i talk to you fools it's it's the it really is just me well we gotta be fools, dude well because i'm trying to be, well, nice. you gotta be that, that that's how he is so yeah that's how yeah yeah this is the beginning of the end jason and, <laughs> and it's and this is I, I really just look at this time where i don't have anybody else that i could i mean the forum going online is one thing going on twitter facebook whatever and just you know saying whatever you want to say is one thing but to actually have a conversation with other like-minded people that that's what i look forward to so so that's that's why i do this to talk to you guys talk to my brothers i don't that the fact that people do want to listen and 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 download and and interact with us online over what we say that's that's gravy but that my goal was never to, to see how many people can I get to listen, and, and that's why you succeed at what you do because you don't have an agenda. It's it you you don't want to you don't want to conquer the podcast world or get um, truckloads of freebies around uh, holiday no, time. You're doing it just because you love comics and you like talking to us. That's it. That's all you need to do. It for. I wanted to conquer the 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 podcast yeah, he wants, world. And, and, well, I mean, it's it's. But I, but then I realized it was a really, really small world. <laughs> yeah, right. But I mean, as a as a secondary agenda, that's great. But I, I don't think you can do it with that being your 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 primary reason for doing. Yeah, it, you know. Well, and the other thing too is, I know inevitably, either we've all participated or at least sat in on those like the comics podcasting panels, and yeah, you know, to be honest, I think they're often pretty boring because they it's at this point there it's just the same, same set of questions each time. But one of the questions people always ask is like, well, how did your shows get popular, or, or how do you? And I know that we all like to joke that we don't work a show that has no no planning, right? We just we show up and we talk, right. which is in essence true. But I think not. I don't want to turn into like let's pat ourselves in the back, but I think that where where that is a true statement, I do think collectively, at least certainly, maybe not in the very beginning, but but for a long time now, we've handled the 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 content with which we put out there with with reasonable professionalism in the sense mm-hmm. that. We know what we're talking about, you know what I mean. In the sense, you know, we have some pretty varied and, and, and diverse experience, and so we actually are. It's, it's rare when we don't have we have no, nothing to say on the matter, you know. Probably and that was some, exactly the thing that attracted me to you. Oh, look at you! Was that uh, just from your posts on the CGS forum? I I would come away from reading your stuff and thinking, this guy has a beautiful, fuckable brain. Yeah. And, 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 no, really. Said brain. That that's the thing. That's the thing that impresses me with Whoa, you. T- said brain. To this day, is is your intelligence? Oh, you're so sweet. It's the truth. Well, I, I got you. something. I got something right I know here. You do. Of course you do. And I can't wait to talk about it because we'll do it. It is. Oh, you're all crackly. <laughs> it is. It is <laughs> no, I, wave one of that already passed. It is a fantastic book, and it was almost completely overlooked Ooh. in tw- in 2012. Did we overlook it? Uh, yes. Oh. And and the reason why I think it was completely overlooked is that uh, going by the footprint of the book, it's not a large book, but I believe it was priced a little bit too expensive 
leaf for um its size and yeah. but uh there there is a an escape hatch and i'll tell you at the end it um was written and drawn by an austrian called nicholas mahler and the book features copious footnotes by the author and there's a reason for that uh it was originally published in 2010 by uh l'association from france and the danish publisher carlson verlag but it was appropriated for stateside distribution in 2012 by the fine folks at Fanagraphics. Nice. Okay, mm-hmm. so you know it's coming from a great publisher. Um, it's called Angel Man. Unfortunately, David, no hyphen. So you, <laughs> there is a tendency to pronounce no, it Angelman. Angelman, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it is about a diminutive superhero called Angel Man. Um, the the origin story is that poor little Hans Engelmeyer is caught up in a bizarre nuclear accident at his private Catholic school. So he's exposed to all this toxic crap, and he, he's transformed into Angel Man, uh, a, a pink-costumed, blue-winged guardian of the metropolis of Moloch. Uh, his superpowers include sensitivity, open-mindedness, and being a good listener. Really? Yes, but his Achilles heel is intolerance. See, what? his Achilles, his his kryptonite is intolerance. That's uh, funny. But Angel Man is a character published by Corporate Comics, two Ks, Corporate Comics, um, and and his character profile was really finely tuned by editorial to showcase his feminine side because corporate comics wanted to disseminate his thoughtful adventures for free to public school children. Okay. But in in a really neat metatextual twist, angel man is fully aware of his existence as a work of fiction and that he's owned by a corporation. Uh, And, and uh, initially with the first issue, the book doesn't sell very well at all. So, um, Corporate Comics decides to tweak his his secret identity to that of a female editor at a woman's magazine. So he starts off as little Hans Engelmeyer, and now he's suddenly a woman. And uh, it's funny because he wears a cashmere sweater over his wings at work, and no one notices. You know, like Clark Kent with the glasses. Nice. The dude, the dude has Steve well, Rogers in the a shield. The he she has wings, but he's got a cashmere sweater over it, so no nobody knows. Um, and so then corporate comics brainstorms the perfect arch enemy for, for their little sensitive sentinel of justice. And, and they come with, up with a six-armed, half-surgeon, half-kraken known as the <laughs> gender bender. Uh, and, and, and this is a, an evil specialist in gender reassignment. <laughs> but uh, like I said, the kids are Where not. Where do you find this shit? It's awesome, you, like, dude. Well, it, the kids are just aren't digging Angel Man's adventures. And corporate goes nuts. They're like, what do we do? We need, we need to retool this book. So they decide to change the formula. And, and they equip Angel Man with a huge, big-ass sword. Flip. That's good. Yeah, and 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 they they push the book in a in a ultra violent direction, and he just rips Gender Bender apart. He he cuts off all his arms, and he, he's one panel. He's lying there in, in a pool of blood with Gender Bender's arms all around him, and it's agonizing him that he had to do this because he he has great capacity for compassion and sensitivity, <laughs> <laughs> but the book still doesn't catch on. Um, 
and, and there's a really neat um, thread running through the the work uh, featuring two kids uh, talking about Angel Man on the schoolyard. And they're like, man, this book sucks. I can't believe it. He's dressed in pink. He's like, he's a wimp. He's an angel. And and there's a, a, a running theme of violence and children in this book. Uh, and in the in the last uh, part of uh, the section, there's an ambulance in the background, and they're loading coffins onto the uh, into the ambulance. Obviously, there was a shooting at the school, and. Uh, the, the one kid goes, hey, did you hear the news? There's no school tomorrow. And the other kid goes, yeah, cool. You know, so they're totally oblivious to real world violence. But when they give Angel Man the the uh, the big ass sword, they're like, oh, that's so phony. He would never do that. You know, they, <laughs> they're more concerned about the events in the comic than they are uh, the devastating events that's happening right next to them. Like kids are dying in the real world. and These kids are totally oblivious to it. Um, but, but so the angel man's book still can't find a foothold in the marketplace. So corporate tweaks the book again, uh, a number of times, actually, uh, angel man becomes a girl friendly, my little pony esque kind of candy colored fantasy Uh tale. Then it it shifts into a gritty war comic and then uh, a Christian theme tale where uh, Angel Man joins the League of Guardian Angels of the Holy Father. And because because Angel Man goes through these like rapid character transformations, he loses his grip on identity, on his identity, and he becomes heavily addicted to prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. Like his therapist just crams these drugs down his throat, and he's, he, he's addicted, but he, so he's nearing the bottom, and he's given this little tiny glimmer of hope after corporate comics has exhausted all of their character properties that they can dump into their uh, unceasing movie machine. So they say, you know, what do we got? Well, we've used this character, this character. We, we used all our really good characters. What do we do? We need another movie. And they reluctantly settle on Angel Man as the subject of their f- latest feature. And as typical with the poor little guy, the movie bombs. It, it, the critics savage it. It's directed by a dude who only did skateboard videos prior to his, his directorial debut, debut and, and it's a mess. And, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, it. It gets even worse than that. But for a 96-page hardcover, uh, and it's really neat, on the, on the title page it says, Angel Man, a superhero comic book by, but comic book is crossed off and graphic novel is scrawled oh, above hilarious. it. So and and it's 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 a commentary. It, this book is really rich in concept and characterization for 96 pages. There's there's a running commentary on the comic book industry. Not only does does Mahler skewer the big two, but he takes aim at the people that buy comics, the people that sell comics, you know, the people that make them, even indie comic creators. Uh, fall in the crosshairs there's also commentary on real world violence and uh desensitization of children towards it there's uh issues with mental illness in here the entertainment industry and the way it manipulates the legal system there's uh undercurrents uh concerning doctors in the medical insurance industries uh taxation gender identity the once they they tweak angel man to be a woman he comes home after a day at work and he he's married he has a wife and he's wondering why the hell does my wife look just like me i, I don't i don't understand this um and so he gets further and further into the uh the prescription drugs but there's a, a really cool page where uh there's a it's in a comic shop 
and the the owner, the proprietor, is sitting behind a desk, and uh, the desk is flanked by gigantic trolls with mm-hmm. uh, with big ass swords. And uh, he says, Angel of Blood storyline generated a brief spike of interest. Unfortunately, they proved unable to sustain the violence aesthetic. Angelman was just too much of a wimp to pull it off. And while he's saying this, there's a guy pulling comics off the rack, and he has a gigantic stack of comics. And he plops them on the the desk, and he says, Angelman was uh, this silly little pink-clad character. I mean, I never collected him. You have to draw the line somewhere. And he's leaving the comic shop with gigantic bags of comics mm-hmm. you know and so so it I mean it points the finger at everybody in the comic industry um corporate comics for wanting to tweak the book on a whim when when the sales numbers just did not meet their, mm-hmm. their standards and uh angel man has a, a best friend uh his name is captain unread uh whose book sells way better than than angel man's but uh Captain Unread has a secret. He can't read. He's illiterate. So, I mean, there's commentary in that, too. The, like, this great-selling comic book features an illiterate, you know? They're, they're, uh, and he uh, is uh, bumping uglies with Lady Dentata, and the, who, who's, a, who's a, a Wonder Woman clone. Um, and it, funny, dude. It, when, whenever they show the, the corporate comics boardroom, the, mm-hmm. the table that the, all the executives sit at changes depending on the mood. Uh, or, or the the uh, atmosphere in the room, like when they're trying to find out what can we change this book to, the the boardroom table becomes a circle, and they're all you know grinding into the rug, walking around the boardroom, t- trying to figure out what to do with it. And then uh, early on, it's an it's a horseshoe, you know. But later, when when the movie bombs, the the boardroom uh, becomes a uh, spiky uh, star like. Um, object that and it's painted red so they're they are pissed off when when the the book just doesn't do well and the movie bombs and uh it, it's a really it, it's an exceptional work and uh like i said 96 pages hardcover but it's priced at 18.99 which okay. I, th- I think was the stumbling block but uh there is a light at the end of this tunnel i guess the book was so overlooked at the time of its publication that Fanagraphics has massively discounted this book on Amazon. You can get it right now if you go to Amazon for under three bucks. What? Under three dollars. I'm all mm. over it. Yes. And um Mahler's drawing style is uh That was what I was about to ask you is what you know, yes. like. he he's in the Lewis Trondheim camp. Okay. Uh if if you've seen uh Dungeon Monsters, mm-hmm. uh it's it's very economical the line work it's loose it's airy uh basically his characters are distilled down to the barest essence he'll he'll just do like for angel man you can't even see a face on him it's just a a body a a huge honking nose like a couple of loops for the the wings and then big ass feet so it's it's gestural it's it's very very um the work is very uh, expressionistic, but because the line the lines are so few, right? Everyone is important, but I'll tell you, none of them are wasted, and there are no panel borders. No, no, um, four, four panels to a page. Well, mostly, yeah, Most, yeah. yeah. It's 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 like greeting card art, Jason. It, it, it exactly. Okay. It, it's kind of like greeting card art. Um, 
but there's a lot more. Well, I won't say that because I'm pointing. I, I, there are a lot of great greening card artists, but oh yeah, there is a lot of skill in this work. And mm-hmm. and it, what's cool about it is he uses the background color to to contain the moments in time. Like there are panels, there are just not rectangular panels. Right. Right. And uh, it's broken up into four books. Each um, episode is a page, and each page has a title. Uh, you know, at the writer's department, uh, they put their foot down. Uh, and like I said, everything is there. There are a lot of footnotes in here. Um, he'll reference um, one one page says in a completely different place. And there's a footnote next to place. And you go on the bottom of the page and it says from Angel Man number 11, the League of Guardian Angels. And none of these books other than this, this comic book have ever been printed. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's all a fantasy. It's all a farce, and and you get mock covers in the back for you know issues one and and thirteen and and twelve. There's a price list for Angel Man comics. <laughs> nice. Again, like totally pointing the finger at 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 us. Basically, I mean, we sure, we right, we right, right. we are the people who support this. Um, it is a brilliant book, and I've I just ordered it. I can't, you know, other than the the fact that it was. Uh, a little too expensive. I, I I don't understand why it was passed over. It's really smart. And ninety six pages. You feel like you've read something three times the size when you're done with it. There are the characters are so fully realized. You know these people. You feel bad for Angel Man. It, it's just an awesome, awesome book. Uh, it, and it's art really deserving of your attention. It's great, great stuff. It's two dollars and sixty six cents. Two dollars and sixty six. I just ordered it. It's on yeah. Display. Yep. So I'm um, saying, so what's the name of it again? Angel Man. Angel Man, Fallen Angel. On uh, it's if you go under Angel Man in, in Amazon, it will come up. But it's like the second item. Angel Man. Colon, oh, one word, Angel Man. Okay, yes, I'm, yes. Right. Right. It's See, no hyphen. hyphen. <laughs> that's Angel what Man. I did. I did all one word. It's like Dude, you're right. Two forty-five. That's 245. insane. Yeah, Two sixty-six after tax. It's that. a beautiful book, full color. It's great. Yeah. Hardcover. It is cray cray. Yeah, yep. order, fuck it, fuck it. We'll see what happens. We'll taper. Even if, she, even if she tears it up, it's still plus three bucks. Oh yeah, oh, she's got order. she got me Lou Ferrigno to tear <laughs> this up. Free shipping too, because I'm Prime bitches. Amazon Prime bitches. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, I, we had to get it now before the people on the forum hear this episode. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. fan of graphics. Kim, Kim Thompson will be like, "Fuck it, we're raising the price on that shit." <laughs> um, and uh, it's 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 funny. The corporate comics pays. Angelman, 250 euros for being in the film, but he is taxed after the fact, not not based on what he made. I don't know what kind of arbitrary distinction they make to to tax him, but he owes he owes yeah. back taxes of nineteen thousand or seventy nine thousand euros. So I mean, <laughs> every, everybody's coming at this poor guy, and it's 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 just it it's loot, it's, a, it's a sad book, but it's also it's extremely well done. Get it. I won't say anything more about it. I've left out so much. See, I, di- I didn't tell you all of it. Most good. Yes. Go get it. We're Got it. Brother. Yeah. Cool. Got it. So that's, that's my... And you know what? I ordered this just to flesh out a, an, an order because I don't have the Amazon Prime. So oh. I, hate to, I hate to pay the shipping. So I, <laughs> I, no, I don't. It's on his DVR. Amazon Prime is on his DVR. You order so much from Amazon. How do you yeah, I know. I, I, well, that's why, because you order so much shitty figures, you just get the free shipping at that time. Yeah, I get free shipping. It's just that every order I make is yeah. over 25 bucks. Oh, oh hail's not, son. I, <laughs> no, I love, no, I, I love no, shipping. And I stream a bunch of stuff online. Exactly. So. 
Yes, yeah. yeah. See, I don't do that. My wife is now, because I gave her my old iPad, she is in love with the streaming. She had no idea that you could do it. Now she's like giddy because she just streams the shit. Oh, nice. You got the Amazon um, video viewer on on the Kindle, on on the iPad now. With the TiVo, you can stream your your Amazon Prime videos. So, I mean, yeah, if you, it's not so much if if you order enough crap, but if you use, like, I love, I, I haven't read it yet because I'm waiting until I finish Marvel Comics The Untold Story. But when you have a Kindle, if you are a Prime member, they have the lending library. And every month you can borrow a book. And, and right now I have Waiting in the Wings, Josh Flanagan's Astrovan. So hmm. I will oh, yeah. read Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll and you know, if, if you hook that up to uh, Linux, you can probably capture those books before Stop. you can. Well, but I, Amazon offers a lot Stop. more than just the. <laughs> it depends on you know the person who you know you'd be capturing from. But no, it, it also is if 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 you are not if you use Amazon more than just to shop from if if you use some of their other services some of their other features then then uh-huh. Prime is much especially when um, we we signed up with Prime initially because we were getting a discount through um, Prime Student. Because we have the EDU email address, it oh, works. Yeah. So Amazon Student offers you don't get everything you would get. I like like the Amazon Student doesn't give me everything that that Jason or Chris by paying you know the eighty bucks a year. And that's the other thing. If you, I mean, if if, if you're looking at spending over, if you spend enough to offset whatever the Prime membership cost is, then you know, yeah, it it, it definitely it, it it's worth your while. But I. If you if you only use Amazon to shop, if if you only you know if you're only That's buying books, then, then then probably Prime wouldn't work out for you. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Sounds great, Vince. It is. It's a very very good book. Not only does it sound good, but it's like ridiculously cheap. Which well, that's what I'm saying. Even if uh, the book doesn't manage to connect, it's it's not going to cost them like fifty bucks. So three dollars. Give it a shot. Done. Ordered. Have, have I wait. ever steered you guys wrong? Uh, Multiple times. What <laughs> 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 ways did we can count? Oh. Crossed. Crossed. We love you. Crossed, yeah. I like Crossed. It's I the, love Crossed, dude. I can't. Every Thursday, when, or is it Thursday when the new wish you were here comes up on, on the Avatar uh, site? I can't wait for it. I, I'm just like, man, it's so good. <laughs> so, I am. Um, I talked about a book last week, and it's a little different, and it's for it's for the foodies in us out oh, there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I know okay. I know there's I know that there's several of us out there that that love the the art of comics and the art of cooking. If you don't order dirt candy, you are missing out. I'm loving this cookbook; it's amazing. Ryan Dunleavy, you said. Yeah, it's yes. literally amazing. It is a graphic novel and cookbook. Cool. It, it is if you if you if you've ever watched Iron Chef, you have to get this because the 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 gal that uh uh, uh whose restaurant uh, Amanda Cohen, she was on Iron Chef and mm-hmm. there is like an entire chapter that is Ryan doing a 
comic book version of of her appearance on and build up to being on Iron Chef. And then they break to doing a bunch of recipes, and he illustrates them. And then it's stories about her restaurant that are done as a comic book. And then it breaks to more recipes. And it's, it is my favorite cookbook of all time now. Wow. Because wow. That is it's strong. Be- recipes are so good, and she has such a uh, a passion for honest, clean cooking, and it's a fucking comic book. How can it not be my favorite cookbook? And I've got some great cookbooks, but it's 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 fucking awesome. I love every second of this thing. Wow. You know, uh, I used to just speaking from my approach to doing this. Mm-hmm this thing i used to balk at the uh, notion of talking about this the same thing two weeks in a row but you know what i think some books deserve it sure. well i gave kind of a tease last no week. no yeah. no what i'm saying is and the and rightly so there's a reason if if a book manages to penetrate you know our shields to the degree where we want to talk about it two weeks in a row i don't think we should consider that uh, verboten. I think we should, but I mean, from a listener standpoint, I could see somebody saying, "Well, oh man," but no, get get mm-hmm. past that and listen to what the person is saying. And if if the book strikes a chord, we're talking about talk fucking about, Amazing Spider-Man for forty goddamn years. Listen that's to what I'm saying. Areas. That's what I'm saying. If 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 it penetrates, why not talk about it two weeks in a row? Like, yeah, you said it, penetrate. It, are in your travels tonight? <laughs> no, really. My in your travels. I'm going to talk about this book for as many weeks as I think it deserves it because it yeah. is a monumental release. And and obviously Chris feels the same way about the 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 dirt candy. So you know what? Why not? Why not no, talk about it? It's, it's awesome. What I love about it is that you can you can read a story here, mm-hmm. and then it goes into you know what most most cookbooks are broken into um, sections like you know appetizers, entrees, desserts, you know sauces. They'll they'll break down like that, and that's what this one does as well. But there's basically a, a a story in between you know each major section that that um kind of grounds that and why this section is important or gives it some weight and then you're like okay well here's this you know this is all the training that they did leading up to 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 the iron chef appearance and well here are some of the recipes that that were very you know instrumental to that and, and it's just it, it's it's really cool to you basically read a comic book and then say oh now oh i will i'm going to go pickle some red onions now and here's the recipe it, it's 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 really kind of brilliant. Now, let me ask you a question. Is the book geared towards the working family? Or are these recipes that have to be done, like, say, over uh, a long period of time? Like, are they relatively no. quick creations? Or is there some... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a vegetarian cookbook, so... Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, it, it's a, it's all it's a, it's a vegetarian cookbook, and there are literally recipes that you can do in ten minutes. Oh, uh, nice! As like a side dish, like a wild arugula salad that I'm looking at right now. Um, you know, a Vince, you're Italian. Arugula. It's a ve- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's right. I, I, I've you're eaten right. that shit you're since right, I've Italian. been a baby. Yeah, <laughs> arugula is awesome. Um, 
Yeah, it's, uh, to, spinach. to some actually pretty, you know, pretty complex stuff. But yeah, it's everything, everything in between, from you know, just a, a side dish to a, uh, you know, a pretty involved entree. And uh, my grandmother yeah. made an awesome arugula soup. Of course, soup, She's awesome. really soup. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And that, so no, it's it's really good. And um, Vince, you would even though that you're not, you know, you you're not big on the on the culinary. Uh, well, I think scene. I want to be. Well, get, oh, I, I think I think I want to be. Yeah, you're all grown oh, yeah. up. No, I'm I'm trying to change my eating habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a comic based guide to better eating is like <laughs> how, how the freak oh, can I say no to that? Oh, you oh you have to get this thing because this yes. is everything in here is gonna be good for you. It's I mean it's a vegetarian cookbook. It's yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you should totally get it. I am um, going to. I'm Martin, and I, I'm probably Martin and I are right sitting around tonight, um, kind of planning out our C two E two dinners. Nice. So, <laughs> you guys are freaks, man. You're way what? too concerned with the happiness of your friends. <laughs> way too concerned. <laughs> yeah, what's it's that like, Vince? Say, yeah, Dave. For shame, that's Vince. A, man. <laughs> It cuts up. me right to the quick, honestly. You, just, wait, you, you, you opened it, the door, dude. <laughs> Don't even. So I, I, I think got, I've got my top. Because <laughs> you all are coming in Thursday night. You'll be in Thursday night, right? Hell yeah. No, no we'll Thursday, be in Thursday. We're, Thursday. We're, planning on, we're planning on driving through Wednesday night. Okay, so so I have to I have to plan for... Have to, style. Three, I've, got, I've got three different levels of of going out i've got the i've got like just above street level and then i've got the you know gonna gonna sit down and have a a a a nice meal and then i've got the here's like world-class cuisine right so i can watch the fort when you guys go to that one yeah i i will be perfectly happy doing that i understand i understand that so um i'm thinking whenever (laughs) you guys get it like thursday you going to be a little you know road wary and we're just going to want some good sit down honest food so yeah, um, like them friggin' hot dogs that's what i want you want you we, want to well, we'll get a we chicago. didn't get them last time no you're right we, chicago we didn't no, no. We, we didn't we didn't last year chris went the, the year before yes. me you oh. and sal and, and we and went to yeah that's right oh, and, and we all because yeah, awesome. i've got i've got the i've got oh that's the, right yeah because then we also did the italian beef can we yeah, go we back to that place that Sal took us to? Which one? Oh, the Italian joint. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wago? Oh, was that it, David? I Yeah, Wago. I had uh pasta with baby squid. Oh my god, yeah. was it great? Yeah, you loved it. I I wasn't yeah, I I, I was out of it mostly for the yeah, day. Yeah, so Jean, Giancarlo's place. Yeah, yeah it's, that was it's, great. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. That that's a that's a yeah. We we can see if we can make that happen. So. I loved it, and for me to be impressed by food, come on, this is you true. Know. Yeah, no, but it was so much squid in that thing. We're gonna have it fun. great. It's coming up soon, and we've got um, um, a little plug for the forum. We've been very self indulgent tonight, which I love. But it's um, okay. <laughs> Every once in a while, go to the forum, which is where David forum podcast dot com. Are we coming and towards the end? There's already a C two E two thread oh. there, and uh, and battle lines are being drawn. Forts are being built. People are making plans. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome, awesome weekend. I can't wait. It's, Will Piper uh, is grooming himself in, in preparation for the event. Yes, I think Roland's flight leaves tomorrow. 
It's what <laughs> yeah, they have to go into orbit. <laughs> it's gonna. It's. I don't want to build it up because then I'll be disappointed. But I think it's gonna be pretty epic this year. Chris it's Campbell's uh, Optimus Prime costume is almost finished. It's gonna be rolling. It's gonna be the first. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, because they're having a massive heat wave in Australia. Yeah, yeah, they had to come uh, up with like different colors on the map, or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's beyond sweltering. So, Roland, I oh. hope you're doing okay, and everybody you know. There you yeah, go. yeah. Stay stay uh, hydrated. Stay, stay frosty. Stay frosty. Big time. Yeah, it's, a, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. To, it's gonna be the first time that all of us have been together in how long? Uh, <laughs> since the first C two E two. Yes, Jesus. My God, is it really Jason's yep. fault? Yeah, wasn't there a New York Comic Con mixed in there? No. Vince didn't come. Well, Vince, da- David didn't come to one. Oh, that's right. I didn't come to the one where you guys stayed at the Lullaby of Old Broadway. The following yeah. year, Vince didn't make it. Yeah, oh my God. So David, so David been... was re- rehearsing for his one woman, one voice show, so he could make it. So it's gonna be like over two <laughs> I think, years. I think my cat died that weekend. Oh uh, no, you <laughs> douche! I swear. Oh, See wow, how he plays? All right, he plays, boy. He plays vicious. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, you just got rolled, then. I know. Right, cancer year. Settle down. I, th- I think right? my ass is bleeding. <laughs> uh, you're all butt hurt now. I'm too scared. I am. I'm too scared to check. Whatever. Hey, let's do a live tweet because we yeah. probably oh my gosh. are. Wait, oh, yeah, seriously. That's what way. happens when we're indulgent. Oh gosh. Oh, here's uh, a good one from Andrew Shaw. Uh-oh. Have you ever read anything while the other hosts are talking? <laughs> no. Yeah. But you lie. You lie so bad. <laughs> yeah, right. I, have done, I have done other things while people were talking. Yeah. <laughs> I've rubbed one out. I mean, I have, get out. Faffin's got to happen. The, uh, it's easy for me to read because I just swipe the screen. I don't have to worry about turning pages. So don't oh, really. Mr. Digital. Yeah. yeah. Next. <laughs> Uh, Zach Cruse asked, who, who, of course, he and Ben are kind enough to have uh, Vince and Will on yes. their little podcast called The Quad. Yeah, thanks this for the week. invite, asshole. Oh! And, and, and also... Chris, let me just say, this was not the episode you wanted to be on. No, no, no. Forum. Yes. There is a, uh, there's a spot at bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum for The Quad. And you can uh, chime in and and talk about their first three episodes and whatever other threads start up. Yep, it was a lot of fun. Um, episode three is getting uh, getting a little bit of play there on the uh, on the floor. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Zach asks, "What would you choose, Colin? Owning an original page from your favorite creator, mm. or?" the brush pen utensil they used to create it. <laughs> That's easy. The brush. Yep. <laughs> the page. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on. Are you no. kidding me? Yeah. No, I would go for would, the brush. Would you, would you rather have a, you know, a, a Kirby FF page yeah, or, or his like needed well, eraser? It's different. He'd his rather need- have the, the brush because he'd, he'd feel like he was absorbing the essence. His, yeah. I would rather have his That's needed dumb. eraser. I, I, you see, it's... it's <laughs> <That's dumb. laughs> I, I kind of lean towards towards Vince's way of thinking, just because I, I I'm a pack rat. I I just I pick. no, you are really as and, long as it's not paper. And, well, not anymore. But I mean, because because the art you could you know if I may not have the original page, I can still flip open an essential and and look at Kirby's FF work. But 
but if, not the you know, work. But no, but not the work. But you know, I'd have something that you he ain't create. eBay and that essential for, a, for twenty I, but, grand. But, but let's say say Kirby's Clutch Pen was used to create countless pages. So in essence, no, you no, have the it, tool it, that generated. Have, yeah, how much work is in his? I yeah. mean, how much work does he put on a page? So I mean, you know, he might go through three pencils. No, clutch, clutch pencil. I, I think I, place the lead. it may have been. Oh crap! I don't remember if it was. I take Kirby's underwear. Never mind the stuff he used to draw from the, for the comic. Y'all are crazy. Take the fucking page. No. Somebody, yeah. There yeah. was an artist who who once said he has. I wish I could remember the artist. He has. He has a a a sharpened. Or well, it's dull now, but but practically, this, he has a pencil on a plaque, basically brought down near the eraser, and and under it he has written you know, Jack Kirby, Fantastic Four, number twenty eight, page twelve, and and it's not nice. It's it's just his way of, and I, I can't remember the damn inter- interview where I read it from. Or it was just one of those in the moment. Type articles that, that 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 I remember seeing back in the day, and I, I wish I could remember the goddamn artist who who said it. But I, I know where Vince is coming from. But for me, it would. It, I mean, would I rather have? Would I have have a, a an early Green Lantern page by Gil Kane or or the pencil he used to draw it? I, I think I'd rather have the page. Oh. Well, a- Andy yeah. Tom has a mm-hmm. pen that was used by Joe Kubert three months before he died. Yeah, that's true. That is yeah. true. Not, I would rather to, have your arm. But to me, it's it's not a, a like saying owning a Kirby page is is wonderful, and and it's a product of the man's genius. But it's also a status symbol. Whereas the tool used to create the pen, the page is a memento. That Jack Jack touched that pencil. He used it. He 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 plied his trade with that. But why wouldn't you want the tool? I'd rather have the plates. Here's one that's from <sighs> Curtis Hempler. Um, he said, the only Kirby I own is the Hulk Omnibus. If I could add, we're talking about Kirby. Uh, if I could add only one more Kirby book to my collection, Fantastic. what should it be? And I figured that Vince will have an opinion on this. Um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go in the opposite direction of where Vince is going to go. And uh, <laughs> just because I think it's important. Uh, I think it's the foundation for kind of everything that that came after it in a lot of ways. Um, I'm I'm gonna say the Fantastic Four Omnibus Volume One. I think it's I, I think it's important. I would agree with you. Really, I thought you would go Commandy. Yeah. I no, well, no. See, I I have to separate my my uh, the subjective Personal from the objective. The, the Fantastic okay. Four is the most important comic book. Of of uh, the most important modern comic book, I mean, you, you have your action comics. That's that's great, and that started the, ball, the whole big ball yeah, rolling. But detective. Fantastic yeah. Four is the book that 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 gave birth to Marvel. You, if if you want to see the best comic creator on the most important comic ever, then get the Fantastic Four omnibus. Yep, there you go. Yeah, I agree. You guys, Challengers: of The Unknown. That's a great book too. Uh, it, well, I mean, it's Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. In a lot of ways, I mean, it's yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. It's what they are. You know, so, but uh, yeah, personally though, I suggest you get Commandy just because it's. I think it's Jack's 
best work. Well, you think it, it's it's unfiltered, Jack? So. It is. It, he and, just and went. He know. went willy nilly at DC in the in the you know uh, early seventies, uh, unfettered. Just here, Jack. Do these books. Whatever you want is fine by us, except when you draw Superman's head. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just great. Uh, there is a um. Oh well, that that's gonna be my inner travels, but um. No, I would I would say I yeah, Fantastic Four for me as well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's pretty much a no brainer, right? I think well, so too, I mean yeah. it's yeah, it's it's not only did it um I mean he Not not to take the, the, the person that posed the question, the question's intelligence into uh uh yeah, but no, I mean Fantastic Four. It, it it's it, the Hulk wasn't I don't want to, the Hulk wasn't one note, but there wasn't, it isn't a desert or at night. I mean, the Fantastic Four is just that there are a lot of crazy oh. ideas. There's, there's, there just, were there's nothing. There, exactly. It was just, you get so much in there. It, I, I can't say, I, I can't say his Captain America stuff with, with Joe Simon. I can't say his Captain America stuff when he came back to Marvel. I, I can't say, I guess the Iron Man or the Avengers. It it really is just it, it, yeah. No, Fantastic yeah, Four. FF, FF was pretty unfettered. I mean, it was awesome too. It was tons of ideas and it's um, you know because everything. They were world building back then. <coughs> yeah, and they've been, trying to up, they've been trying to live, live up to it ever since. So. Exactly. Um, here's one from. Um, <laughs> Well, we got to get some in. There's some really good uh, questions here. J- Jason didn't ask. Oh, I'm sorry, Jason. No, I thought he did. No, I concurred with this before. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, from uh, from uh, um, uh, John W., anti-drummer. Um, how often oh. do you think about selling or giving away all of your comic stuff and trying to um, live like the normies? <laughs> the normies. Every damn day. They're, everybody's got, everybody's a geek about something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even if you're a minimalist, the uh, no, I there are times where I think of maybe just reclaiming some space in my house, but there there are things that I can't. I, I there are things I can't part with, and I don't want to part with. I mean, it, there's one thing about you know sharing or spreading the love, but I don't. You know, over time it it became, especially more so with with with, with Renee's mandate, and and just because it's it's the way things are moving, because a mandate. What was no, that? but it's just it's it, yeah, it was a oh. mandate. But I mean, I there. I, I was telling Vince the other day. I asked him if um if if he had a PDF of a magazine because I wanted to read that because it's so much easier for me to. I I have either my Kindle or my iPad with me more so than I have than than I carry around. A, a magazine, and if I'm going to sit in bed and read, hey. it's usually on my device because I also have more of a selection there than I do. You know, if I have one magazine, I'm just reading that. Mm-hmm. So it's just it, it's becoming just just the way I'm kind of moving towards. But there are things that I I don't I don't want to give up, and 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 it's the the things the physical things that i am keeping or that i or, or, or that i don't want to give up are just that that's that's a little bit more special to me you're embracing the content not the creator that's the way that's, or not the container that's not, the way it should yeah. be mm-hmm. yeah it's not about yeah. the pack it's not about yeah. the vest. i i think about uh cutting my collection in half every damn day 
And you've um, already gotten rid of a lot of your stuff. I, I, I cut half of it already, and I, I look at all these boxes, and honestly, I would shear everything from the uh, after the Bronze Age up. Because in my opinion, there's very few of those books that are worth owning, worth worth possessing. Like, I'll be honest with you, I have digital versions of all of them anyway. So right, uh, right, right. Uh, barring a gigantic EMP, uh, I will always have them on disc. So what is the difference between rooting through boxes to find a run and reading them physically or popping a DVD in my computer and reading them on mm-hmm. screen or on, yeah. my, on, my, on my iPad? I, I don't need this much paper. Right. Here, here, here's, here's a great question. And, and we do not know the answer to this. We can only speculate. Um, it's from GB. Oh, uh, yes. Why could 70s and 80s creators ah. book a month for years? I, but now we get fill-in artists every two issues. And, let Jason and, answer this because he answered this on the forum just today. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, you're like it was a job to them. They had to do the job. They had to produce <laughs> it. They, oh, they, well, that's they did. part of it. Yeah, I think. Well, I think there's two things because I talked to Mike Norton about this like a mm-hmm. year or so ago, and, My, and Mike he, does like three bucks a, a month. Right. Well, mm-hmm. no, but we. But, but, but no, what I was saying is, there's two things at play. One. Which Vince is right. I wasn't making that connection, but I—I I mean, it, back then it was—it was literally an assembly line. I mean, if you've read any of the you know historical stuff, but but most recently, you know, the the Marvel Untold uh, tale story, um, it, you know, the, it it was guys sitting around literally cranking stuff out. Like like they, they it, we like to because this stuff means so much to us and what it's evolved into and and and, and the place these characters hold in our hearts. We have romanticized the beginning periods of this is some like great profound moment where they were sitting around like trying to be as wonderfully creative as possible but they were literally just reacting to the trends they had a periodical to put out or a series of periodicals they had deadlines to meet they were trying to sell as many copies as they could and anything they thought would sell in the moment with that no thought to its longevity, they were cranking out. It was mm-hmm. simply an assembly line to produce. It was work product. And so I think there was – that's one thing. And two um, – and this is where I get back to the Norton thing. Um, the level of detail and craft with which a lot of things are done today um, on average far supersedes – what was done back then on a regular basis, which is not to say that there weren't wonderfully talented and detailed and gorgeous artists f- from the inception of, of sequential, sto- you know, illustrated storytelling. But in, again, in general, the artists today are expected to produce far more detailed work and it takes them longer. Uh, so I think the combination of those two, two things, um, and, and let's be frank, the other part of it is, um, these days, guys can make decent livings drawing less than a monthly book. I mean, if they have any kind of cachet and have created a, you know, between covers or if they have, they can make a living, uh, you know, doing it, it, uh, and not having to maintain the schedule. So they, they choose to. Unless right? they're working at, at Kaboom, then. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I mean, Windsor McKay proved that you can do an incredibly detailed strip on a weekly basis. I mean, Little Nemo and Slumberland. Look at sure. those those well, Sunday that's what pages. I said. See, not They're everyone dense is. As hell. Yeah, but but um, I don't think that um, 
narrative, uh, so, or sorry, sequential art needs to be as detailed as it is now. Like uh, we we all admire Jeff Darrow and and uh, Juan yeah. Jose Rip for for the amount of detail they put in their books, but really, a lot of it's wasted. Yeah, it, it's it's impressive at first glance that someone invested that much energy into a single image, but really, well, it's it's almost. It's not really necessary. Well, I mean, look at Art Adams, right? We love Art Adams, but yeah, we do. I would, I would, if if Art could remove a few lines, if he had the mental, you know, this yeah. is it's on him. But if he had the ability to change his style and use a few f- fewer lines on a page and put, produce more more regularly, I'd be all the happier, right? I mean, yes. I, I love what I get from him, and, and I'll cherish every every page we get from him. But but I would how take many people- a on the forum or online, how many how many times do you see on Twitter or or iFanboy comments or anywhere where the person says, "I'd like a comic that takes me more than fifteen twenty minutes to read," and mm-hmm. and that's and 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 that's being generous because most will say that I can read a comic in you know five ten minutes and if you should read more than meets the eye. Well, that well that should take you an hour to read. But then they're just they're just looking at the word balloons, or they're looking right. at, at at whatever's in the foreground. Okay, there's Spider-Man coming across, and yeah. and but no one's actually you know, take the time to look at what Art Adams is putting on the page, or Rip, or I mean, there's there's more in that on those pages in those panels than than just the word balloons. So if it if it's only ta- I mean okay great. So so you read fast, but just cuz you're reading the word balloons or the caption boxes, you may not be looking at the art on the page. Right, but n- not to counter that, just a different viewpoint. The contender for the greatest comic strip of all time, and I'm talking about uh Charles Schultz's Peanuts. What do you take away from Peanuts? Do do you take away the fact that it's very sparsely drawn? It, it, it's it's almost minimalistic, or that Charlie Brown aspires to kick that football, or 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 that um, you know Lucy has has a, a <coughs> an overpowering love for Linus, and he doesn't return. Like you you remember sure. the, the really important stuff. Yes, Car- Schultz was a great cartoonist, but the the essence of Peanuts is not in the way it was presented, uh, at least in terms of line. But the the characters, those lines delineated. You remember those those magic moments. I mean, worldwide, it, Peanuts is is known by more per- more people than 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 probably I can even count. Uh, Art Adams is great, but in the end. The, the it's impressive for what it is, but I I really don't think it goes far beyond that. Uh, not to not to shortchange the work. It's awesome, and I love Art Adams, but I think a lot of that energy is invested in something that just evaporates. You know, and the guy has a great line, oh, which, where, is what, which is what Jason was saying. Right, he has a great line, uh, and and he, he slams his point home whether he uses three thousand lines or thirty two thousand lines. It, it's 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 in the drawing that matters, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I don't know. But I mean, it, that, that's a lot. A lot of that is filtered through um, personal preference too. Like if you like really detailed work, and that's how you for, for a long time, I wouldn't buy it. So. But no. But uh, again, I think that the 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 trick here is the perspective of what the each artist is trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, I mean, again, the, the, the stuff that we hold is, you know, the, uh, like the, the 
the impetus of of you know the the, the creation of this stuff that has become what it is now um you know they didn't like these guys weren't thinking like that their art had any intrinsic value unto itself like literally right I and mean, we've all heard those stories about how you know i mean original pages were were literally used as as ink board you know boards to just sop up ink and to clean up you know to put on the floor as mats you know they 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 would this the, the, it was considered work product it wasn't the pages in most of these guys were just simply a component of the work product to get yeah. the comics made so and, you know just yeah and i think that the 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 industry has changed a lot it's the yeah oh, the need the need to get things on the shelves on a monthly basis there the other thing is whenever okay in the 70s and 80s and i know that probably more than we can remember because there were more companies and that kind of stuff but how many comics did marvel produce in a month you talking the the seventies and the sixties? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I well, think in the seventies they were up to like sixty or or better. It was right? it was once there. No, nah, they were doing 60, 60, sixty comics a month. No, in the it 70s. was well, including no, reprints. Initially, yeah. initially they, they they had to deal with DC with National where they couldn't they could only have but so many, maybe like about a dozen, and which is why there was that big yeah explosion into the seventies, but. But, uh, no, there weren't, they, I don't think they were, shoot, um, like pre-direct market, the, I mean, they weren't trying to fill the shelves with, with comics. Oh, 70s it's, was riddled with Marvel product. Really? Yeah. They were, well, they, once, yeah, once they, they were allowed to. Right. Once they, uh, what David said, once they got under that, that, uh, that restriction that they can only have mm-hmm. so many. Marvel was reprinting everything. I mean, well, just their I mean, horror reprints. books alone. Yeah. Well, well I mean, right. reprints. So. Right. Yeah. But as for new books, I, I can't. I can't like it. Who yeah. Who is your vote for, uh, stylistically, the most detailed Silver Age artist? Most detailed Silver it, Age? Le- yes. Like what we know about Art Adams and Jeff Darrow and the guys that really like to make their marks on the page. Yeah. But in the mm. Silver Age, in the Silver Age, who do you, who do you vote for for being oh, the, the most? Um, Neil Adams is in count. Well, so. yeah, but Adams would, would you call is Adams? I, is he Silver Age? Yeah, is yeah. Adams Silver Age? Mm-hmm. Well, when did uh, he was doing Batman in the sixties? Uh, well, he was okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, when did uh, when towards, were those, towards the tail end, right? Of the sixties. When were those? When were those Havoc? Uh, what year? What year? Your Giant Size X Men come out? Because obviously he was on it before Giant Size started. Uh, I want to say Giant Size X Men seventy four. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was tail end of the X Men before right. the before they reprints. went into reprint. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He, uh, <sighs> That's what I'm saying, right? It's it's real yeah, close. Yeah, how about how about yeah. this one? I mean, he's there. Um, John Severn. Severin that's was in, Severin one. was incredibly yeah, detailed. That's a good one. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I can well, see that. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, Q- I mean, Cubert was definitely detailed. Mm-hmm. You don't think so? Um, he had a great economy of lime, but yeah, I think he had a cross and 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 um, modeling. Yeah, I think well. Joe suggested more than he drew. Yes, I would mm-hmm. definitely. But he was, and that's. Why he's awesome? Yeah, that's yeah, the magic. Know, yeah. Yeah. That's the magic. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, Adams just changed things so much. Um, and Kubert there, and you can see, you know, Mobius. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. It's, and that's they're all contemporaries. Yeah. If you ever have the chance, I mean, look it up on YouTube that there was a, a French TV show that had Joe Kubert and Neil Adams and Mobius together doing a big jam piece on like a, a like a nice. wall sized piece of paper, and it's it is absolutely amazing. They're talking to each other as they're doing it, and it was just this. If you can ever find it, it's go. Google it now. Just those three guys together, and it is amazing. And they would just they would get up and take turns adding to this big jam piece. And you know, it's it's Kubert drawing a giant caveman and Mobius doing big alien shit, and Neil Adams being Neil Adams. It, I mean, it was just it was fucking awesome. I mean, I ha- they I have those another, guys were amazing. Another? Uh, oh, you do good. Who? You what? What's that? David has another one. No. Steranko? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. I have one too, but it's my same, travels. Same school. Yeah, all those guys all those guys were the same school. I was thinking of John Bushima, but it's no, see, a lot of that's one of my favorites, but I don't know. I don't think yeah, I mean if you're not gonna give me uh Kubert, you can't give Bushima. I don't know. Well <laughs> okay. No I'm saying yeah. I don't I mean he I, he uh, he wasn't overly detailed. When I when I think of yeah. well but I mean, you go back before the Silver Age, and was there anyone more detailed than than Wally Wood? Damn you! You took my answer. Oh, oh sorry. That's okay. Yes, because, because e- I know exactly. He, yeah, I know he worked a lot in the Silver Age, but I think of I think of Wally Wood as being a Golden Age guy, and and he certainly worked you know well in. What about Ross well. Andrew? Realist. He was a realist. Yeah, but he's in that yeah, job. detailed. Yeah. Yeah, Man, detailed enough. I feel my, my names. I think we're still trying to catch up to Hollywood. I think you're right. I think I think the the medium has not met his challenge yet. It's what a what a um, brilliant and amazing and sad yes figure in in comics history. And I, I not I, I I know that there are people that appreciate him as much as they as much as sh- as they should but i think he's a woefully underappreciated giant in the medium if if uh grandma kirby never uh batted eyelashes at grandpa and we did not have a jack kirby wally wood would be the greatest comic artist ever to lay pen to paper damn yep uh, and, and i still think he might be the might be the greatest draftsman Yes, I I gotta agree with you. I, I think he. Wow, look at you two feeling kismet right? tonight. Yeah, no, there's no question. Wally Wood and especially the female form, he was absolute magic. Yeah, he knew how to draw some booty. Hey, and and you can you can get into splitting a lot of hairs. You know, I I, I talked with Sal about this, and and we talked about you know the ability as an illustrator, and and Sal really opened me up to how really amazing Steve Rude. Is and illustrator, and I was like, oh, he's no Wally Wood, and he's like, you know, look, look at this, and and um, you know, you look at people like Wally Wood and and Steve Root and Alex Ross as far as being just straight illustrators, and absolutely amazing. No, no, Kirby was a huge, you know, just 
idea factory and prolific and and really changed the way that 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 people use form and his 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 character designs i think are where kirby really pulls ahead of the pack and just his ability to 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 create is is pretty amazing and then you got you look you know people like alex toth it's just there there are so many amazing creators that have worked in this industry that you can you know it's amazing that we can split hairs and say well this guy was good at this and this guy was good at that and oh well you know you put these two giants in the you know in the in the squared circle and and who mm-hmm. comes out and right. you know I think it's a testament to to how varied and and interesting and amazing the the medium can be. Yeah. I love Steve Rude, uh, but but I think he owes a huge debt to both Kirby and Wally Wood. Oh, and I'm sure there, there's, there's, there's a lot of both. And, yeah. and I'm sure he would be the first to say it, but yeah. but then but then you look at the at the execution and just the pure talent yep. level, and yep. it's it's um um I he built upon um the 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 blocks of of those that came before him but you know but he did build on it and um and, and there are still people out there that that build on stuff we talked about Sean Murphy tonight who I think he's a guy that you know builds on the blocks of those who came before him. Oh, everybody does, right? Whether they know it or not. Yeah, yeah, you hope so. You hope yeah. so. I think yeah. I think there's there's a certain amount of you know um, swimming in circles, but um, you you do see people that uh, you know Scotty is a guy, and Chris Somney is a guy, and and, and Murphy, and um, they're they're out there, and those mm-hmm. are the guys that eventually, I think, for the most part, especially today, rise to the top and 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 become. Um, definitely, um, you know, wowed for the for their efforts more so than they maybe were uh, ten or fifteen or twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, honestly, there aren't really many better than Steve Rude these days. No, and, these and, days and, yeah. and 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 the guy knows it, and rightly so. I mean, he's fantastic. But now, I think we're seeing a uh, a rise of an artist who not only. Uh, learns and appreciates from what has come before, but transforms the, um, what they've learned into a completely unique style. Where there, there are, and I've said this before, there are two trailblazers out there that are going to go down as legends: uh, Brandon Graham and uh, James Stokoe. Th- those guys are in a class all I'd, by I'd themselves. Say, I'd say, I'd say Darwin Cook. But well, yeah, just... but. Cook is a yeah he's a classicist though I mean he well yeah uh, but 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 you look at Darwin Cook's stuff and you know it's Darwin's it's not like anybody else's and it's, he's it's a lot like Wally Wood uh, uh, but well, still, I don't think so I I can tell Darwin Cook yeah, from Wally definitely oh sure you can, you can tell them apart but what I'm saying there, there's there's a heavier debt of uh, visibly there's a heavier debt with Darwin's stuff to what has come before than whether you look at Stokos and, and and Brandon Graham's you can you can pick out influences like they're both obviously influenced by Movius, right but there's they they they're, have, they're, they're, they are very and, unique and but, they've but, they've transformed what they've learned to a degree where they've made not only I'm not I'm not trying to discount um Darwin Cook he's he's phenomenal but um, Stoko and and Graham have appropriated the material of the past and transformed it, filtered it through their unique sensibilities into a totally new style. I yeah, mean, I, I I don't think there's anybody. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it it's hard for me because I look at what Darwin does as being like consummate professional and like an end product. Hell yeah. Um, I 
and, and maybe I'm not given enough credit to to, to Stoko or or Graham's work, which which I love both. I love both their their stuff. I see, I still see that as evolving, and where I see, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm way off base, but you know, I see I see Darwin as as kind of um, at this point, kind of being you know the 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 old man sitting on the mountain that they're trying to like get up to, you know. He is and that's just he is an incredibly gifted uh man. I think he is achieved Zen. Mm-hmm. And but it, but you know, and I'm not discounting Graham or, or Stoko. I think that their styles are going to continue to evolve and become what they are. And I'm and I'm not saying that well, I guess I am saying I th- I, th- I think that they are still evolving, and I think that we in ten years or fifteen years will say, "Oh, remember when Stuka was doing wonton soup, or mm-hmm. or you know Graham was doing King City?" And look at them now. I think that Darwin Cook is where he is. I, I think he has achieved. I think um, Steve Rude could occupy that seat that Darwin Cook is, if not for. The personality he has. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. No. I, th- question. I think a lot of the the stumbling blocks to Wood uh, or uh, Rude's career come from that that uh, hair. I don't know. I don't want to call it hair trigger, but that unique Steve Rude way of 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 parsing oh, information. He's got a different yeah. way of looking at the world. You know. Yeah. I think whenever yeah. you're when you're so did Wally Wood. Yeah. Well, I mean, whenever you're you're creator own comic is is not getting off the ground and you send a letter to dc basically dictating which of their comics you would work on i mean that yeah okay that's, that's, but, but honestly though is it <laughs> is it really that outlandish if if someone of steve rude's character if i was no. edit, an editor at dc no. and i got a message from steve rude saying i want to do um batman what i would do is look at the current artist on batman and i bet you nine times out of ten Steve Root would surpass him. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a wacko. But if you're looking for pure aesthetic uh, rock solidness, there's really not that many better than Steve Root. No, I, I would love to see Rude work on on a mainstream. I, that 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 would that would kind of shake me out of my mainstream comics. Oh, hell yeah. Right now, yeah. you know, I would I would I would be at the comic shop on Wednesday to to get a Steve Rude comic, but it's um you know I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Right. Honestly, though, I love Greg Capullo, but I would infinitely rather to see Steve Rude drawing Batman. Oh yeah, and I but, and I love Capullo, but, but, and and you can look yeah, at but we've anything had for like what going on three years now or two and a half years right or right well that's, so, and that's great but yeah. I mean what I'm saying is look at any book from the big two and I I bet you that nine times out of ten you'd be like yeah Steve Rude okay <laughs> even even Alan Davis yeah, but, it, but, I know yeah. but isn't, isn't Alan Davis <laughs> doing something so for Marvel now Alan Davis or Steve Rude it's a tough call but I I gotta mm. go with Steve Rude. But you know that that's also that's also us. That's mm, right. That, that's very important too. It's probably not the marketplace. Right. You're right. Yeah. Hey everybody! Wow, we we had fun this episode, Good. didn't we? Um, th- as usual, this uh, mess has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Remember these discounts: Kaboom, Adventure Time, Mathematical Hardcover, seventeen dollars and forty nine cents. 
We got Ape Entertainment's uh, revival of Poison Elves for $1.64 and The Art of Todd McFarlane, Devil in the Details for $19.99 in your travels. Um, I buy a lot of books. We all buy a lot of books. Uh, I recently received an Amazon package containing a book that I am very confident in saying is probably one of the greatest publications I have ever held in my hands. Jeebus. Not all about the hyperbole tonight. No, not only the material, but the presentation. It has a ribbon bookmark, okay? Ooh. Ooh, ribbon. All full color, uh, copious amounts of text and historical information, uh, a boatload of sketch items and conceptual drawings background information and it is a catalog retrospective of this man's work masquerading as an artist edition because there are facsimile pages obviously they're not the same size as an artist edition it's a big ass hardcover but it's it's not artist edition size but they reproduce penciled and ink pages with the paste-ups all yellowed and, and, and peeling and notes in the margin. I mean, this, for all intents and purposes, is as good, if not better, because you get more stories in an artist edition than one of their artist editions. It's from IDW in association with uh, Casal Soleric. It's called Woodwork, uh, the work of Wally Wood from 1927 to 1981, one of the most gorgeous books I own. Uh, I, I, what little reputation I do have, I would stake on the fact that anyone who purchases this book will consider it money well spent. It, it's that over, is heady praise. It's over three hundred and forty some pages, hardcover, and it is absolutely brilliant and stunning. Uh, you name Wally Wood's work, it's represented in this book. The EC stuff, the Marvel stuff, even the dirty, filthy, disgusting stuff towards the end with the full penetration and the 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 uh, pornographic parodies of DC characters, or not DC, uh, Disney characters, they're all in here, and there are no punches pulled. There are panels featuring full penetration, nudity, um uh yeah fellatio everything is in here you, uh you get the the bronze age work don't even stop hesitate go to amazon if you haven't got it yet it's 59.99 amazon has it for a lot less than that it's called yeah, woodwork 30 37 bucks woodwork you must get this your library needs it you need to see it you need to love it and go to sleep with it and you know what and it won't be <laughs> damaged it, it won't be and damaged it's a, it's, a, it's a big book it's a huge hardcover huge. it's at it's at least an inch and a half thick and it's okay. it's a, it's about the size of um let's see what i can compare it to uh you know the ditko uh the art of steve ditko that came out from um idw it's about the same uh size as that i would say mm, 10 by 12 or 13 probably bigger mm -hmm. yeah it's huge and you gotta get it it's it's awesome yeah have you guys gotten any of the uh uh the ec stuff that fanographics was putting out like the 50 girls 50 and no um i didn't yet okay but uh i have them on the radar i just i, I find the ec stuff hard to buy again 
because you've got it all. I have a ton of yeah, another, yeah. So, well, you know, because I'm looking at the uh, what uh, came the dawn, which is the uh, uh, the Wallywood. Oh, re- no, that's oh the, right, that's, right. Yeah, that's the Wallywood one. So, um, yeah, I do love me some Wallywood. So, oh, Chris, yeah, do you did you order this woodwork book? I'm going to now. Yeah, have to. You really yeah. have to. Okay. You're going to be hearing about it, um, obviously, during the eleven o'clockers. Okay. Okay. Well, I will. I will get on it. Um, one of my favorite. How is it going to be anything related to 2012? It came out. It has a publication date of 2012. Yeah, it's out now. It's 2013 now. It oh. has a publication date. Of 2012. Maybe that's when it was solicited, but according to Amazon, product details are January 15, 2013. Well, on the the information page facing the the title page, it says 2012 Editions Dessine, or Desses, all Wallywood characters, blah, blah, blah. And then it says, uh, doesn't say, copyright 2012. First Hmm. printing. Yep. 2012. So that's what I'm going with. I'm running with it. Right. Under the All wire, right. but honestly. Yes. One, one, of my, <laughs> one of my favorite series um, the last few years has uh, come out from Dark Horse Books. And the third volume just came out uh, a few months ago. And it is from uh, Brian Talbot's wonderful Granville World. Are you guys? Do you guys read Granville? No, no. Really? Yeah, I love Talbot, but I can't get into the Granville stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I tried that. I bought the first at a Wild Pig sale, and I I couldn't couldn't really I couldn't keep started it, and just never never wanted to go back and finish it. Oh, Luther Arkwright, I'm there, but there's something about uh, I'm not I'm not. You don't like you, the, uh, the 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 with the anamorphics or no no I love anthropomorphics anthropomorphics uh, so no I love it I just think I don't know I, I, after Luther Arkwright and and the stuff he did for um uh like uh, uh what was it um the the, the company Neil Gaiman worked for um come on David the Techno Comics. Mm-hmm. He, oh, he, right. did, he did really great work for them, and then you know, one bad rat. I, I don't know. I just, I, it, I'm, I'm cold on it. I don't know why. I, I, I you know. guys are stupid. I, <laughs> I maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and to go back and try it again, I love Granville, but I love, I love alternate reality period pieces, and then you throw in the anthropomorphic aspect of it. I, I. It's it's just something that appeals to me. You know, I love the uh, you know Victorian era uh, England, and you know then you throw in you know the 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 uh, detective. It's not espionage really at all, but it's you know the uh, uh, the Scotland Yard detective story and the the noir style storytelling. It's yeah, it it appeals to me. So what's this, this one is, called? Uh, uh, Bet Noir. Hmm. And uh, it's a, it is a detective inspector Lebrock of Scotland Yard scientific romance thriller. <laughs> it's got romance, or it's got romance and robots and 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 um, robber baron frogs and yeah. It's and do you need any more? Come on, it's that I mean sold. Yeah, <laughs> and the presentation is always really nice yes. with them, and I and I like Talbot's work. So. It, and it seems to be very successful for him. So. Good for Brian Talbot. Yeah. So read Granville. 
Yeah. And I'm talking to all three of you. Read Granville. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> I don't see why. I can't. I, I don't understand why you don't like it. I don't understand it either. I can't put my finger on it. I, I own tons of Brian Talbot books. I just, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I wish I knew. Sorry. You're silly. You silly. You are silly. <laughs> uh, according to Barnes & Noble, the publication date is December 18th, but it was... Uh, well, David's but, not going to let this go, Vince. But Woodwork was actually yeah, David's not happy with this. For, uh, for July 2012, uh, according to previews. So there you go, Vince. In shop September 19, 2012. Good luck with that. <laughs> have it now, Damn. 2013. In five years, you're going to open the book and say, oh, this came out in 2012. You're not going to remember any of that. So I'm running with it. I'm going with the 2012 publication and, and date. It's, it, because, you know, it's it's fresh and new. And you got Honest to God, my old... happened a year ago. I know, I get it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's all good. Remember at the end of the 11 classes last year, we're like, damn, we're going to do text files with everything we love for the year. Yeah, imagine that. I, I think mine have like two, two yeah. entries in it. Never know, bitches. <laughs> so uh, the, let's see. You're hostile tonight. You really are. No, he is. He's I don't, feeling really? all quirky, all right. cranky. No, he's just, yeah, yeah probably tired. Might be it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, finish up. Yeah. <laughs> probably tired. Uh, this ties into what I will be talking about next week. Um, in your travels, we don't talk about this publisher often enough, or at least to my liking. Um, Marvel? No. <laughs> No, I didn't say you don't talk he's, about them. He's going to no. say Valiant, I bet. No, although it has been a couple of weeks since we did mention them. <laughs> uh, this is actually Tomorrow's. Oh, you're right. I agree. And and I started reading um, back issue number 62, which yeah. is a, a Superman in the Bronze Age spotlight issue, which that itself... Is is okay, especially for someone like Vince who wants to know all about Kurt Swan's life. But <laughs> to have fun um, when you you have basically you know some some conversations with with creators that dealt with Superman of, of Earth One and Earth Two, and and when you know for the longest time you've had you know both characters looked exactly alike, and then they've made some slight tweaks where. Um, you know, maybe the the shield was a little different on on his chest, and the graying of the temples, things like that. But the part I really wanted to get to was the section on the last of the stories told with the Bronze Age era Superman. That is, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, written by Alan Moore, which started in mm-hmm. Superman, finished in Action Comics, and penciled by Kurt Swan. But before I read that article in the magazine, I want to reread those two issues. So I'm going to read the, I started reading Superman this evening. I'm going to have Superman in action read for next week, as well as that article in the back issue number 62. So, cause I don't want to, I haven't read that story in years, so I don't want this interview that they talked to Alan Moore and a few other people. I don't want, I don't want any of that spilling into the actual story. I just want to experience that, see if I remember it the way it happened. Um, there's also two pages where they talk about the collected Superman, and that is written by none other than Mr. Chris Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically a checklist running down Superman collections over the years. But uh, back issue 62, if you want to know about Superman, 
this seems to be the issue to be to get if if you want to know about the people who worked on Superman, whether it's Julie Schwartz, or Carrie Bates, or Jerry Conway, or Kurt Swan, anybody that, Joseph, that had any, Joseph Rubenstein is in here. Alex Ross. Yes, they yeah they they uh, they talk about it. pretty much everybody who ever did any work with Kurt Swan is uh, yeah Carrie Bates, Len um, uh, Mr. Bates. <laughs> nice uh swanderson but there's a um yeah i i remember my 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 fun with superman especially in the 70s and 80s was mostly in world's finest or, or superman family i like the anthologies more than i liked the regular monthly superman and action books because those those stories were all done in once or done in half issues because usually got a backup but there weren't a lot of and everything was all they were like sitcoms everything was all nice and tidy and and summed up in a half hour by the end of the issue nothing nothing changed in superman's life if 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 lois figured out that clark Kent was superman it was forgotten about by the end of the issue if 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 jimmy olsen knew you know killed superman he was fine by the end of the issue so yeah i think it works better that way superman works better in 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 single issues that i mean all-star superman notwithstanding but but that's just a collection of single issues with an overarching theme but i think this the 70s and the 60s yes superman should be and and at that time it was fine which which is probably another reason why whether it was whether it was people from marvel following him to dc or it was just the end of crisis it was the middle of the 80s and and people wanted something different that john Byrne gave them a superman that you could grow with that 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 actually was was their superman whereas you know months before that and for years for decades before that you had a character who in 12 pages here was a superman story nice neat tidy everything you need to know about the character so but yeah Back issue sixty two tomorrow's you can't I mean I'm a issue. I'm a big fan of back issue to begin with, but uh yeah, I, I go check them out. Yeah, go buy it digitally because it's a hell of a lot cheaper. when you uh think about what is it, eight ninety five cover price? Yeah. Uh when you consider that, I mean it's a value for in physically, that's a good value, but digitally you're getting far, far great stuff for your money. It's only like three dollars in some sense for digital. Right, I think so. It's less than four bucks. It's crazy cheap for this the amount of information you get from yeah. these things. Yeah, mad flavor cheap, yo. Yeah, I love tomorrow's books. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so in your travels, I want you to take a uh, a stop on the um, on the internets. Uh, put away the paper. This is for Renee. I hope she's listening. Uh. uh there's a certain creator he's trying to make a name for himself. Oh, I think uh, I think Chris may have uh, may have uh, read one or two of his uh, earlier works. His name is Greg Rucka. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's uh, up, he's paired up, up with cover. this other with this other noob named Rick Burkett. Oh, and uh, they've been putting out this little teeny ditty called "Lady Saber and the Pirates yes. of the Ineffable Aether." It's yes. awesome, isn't it? It is. And it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah, it's and great. I gotta say, dude, Rick Burkett on this digital yeah. style looks a lot like uh, Good Jakin. 
Ah. The way he's coloring it and stuff. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it really does. It really does. Um, and, and this is, uh, I'm late to the party on this, but, um, I've been, the last few weeks, been going through it, uh, and catching up. It's, it's a, uh, Rekka webcomic drawn beautifully by Rick Burkett. And it is twice, well, it's, it's a little more than twice weekly, but, it, but it's every Monday and Thursday. Um, and it is an adventure. It's a little bit swashbuckling, you know, it's a little bit steampunk, but Rucka's created this, this alternative world they call the Sphere. And Lady Saber is the, uh, leader of a band of pirates and she's a total badass swashbuckling swordsman and she's good with a gun and she's not too bad on the eyes either. Um, she's a ginger. Uh, well, uh, and, and it's Mm -hmm. terrific. It's, uh, it's just nonstop adventure. I mean, if you're a fan of Indiana Jones or, you know, Athena Voltaire from our friend Steve Bryan or, or anything that's sort of that, you know, that, um, what was that comic, uh, Vince with the, um, uh, it was, uh, I think it was a Warren Ellis joint. Um, it came out from, uh, what's the, uh, I can't think of it, but it was a female, she was a female. She was a redhead. Oh, um, uh, you know what I'm talking about, City. right? Um, yeah. Oh, Ignition yeah, it came City. off Ignition, Ignition City. City from Avatar. Yeah, right. so if you're a fan of any of that, I know, you know, Vince, I know. Um, this is the spot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's it's been great. Like I, they, they've, I think they've done eight chapters, maybe. But I've read the first three, and and it's just it's great. It's just nonstop adventure. Um, and again, it's Lady Saber and the Pirates of the Ineffable Aether. The website is, uh, which they could have done better on their. I think they could have helped their their uh, SEO by not naming the, the comic what they named it. But um, the the URL is uh, <laughs> www So it's i n e f f a b l e ineffable. A E T H E R Aether dot com. It's all one word. Ineffable Aether. Oh, I like the name. Yeah, it's a great name, but it's it's an it's a again it's tough to explain people yeah. word. Though. Doesn't fit on a t shirt. But uh, yeah, I, it's it's terrific, and it may or may not be showing up on my. Uh, oh. But, so, <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> oh boy! So is that all? I guess we covered everything, right? I think we did. Yeah. Unless you want, uh, unless you're looking for a new T-shirt, I already bought one. Did you got, really? Yeah. Look got, at you. It's got the cross skull on it with the. It's for you know, the they just offered. Yeah. It in, uh, did 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 Zerzo do that one too? No, but uh, if you're oh. looking for an even better T-shirt, because uh, Mr. Penalta's image is far better than the skull, uh, David will tell you all the details about the brand spanking new eleven o'clock comics T-shirt. New for 2013. Oh, really? Oh, we're mm-hmm. doing T-shirts? We're doing T-shirts. We've been we doing have T-shirts. Been. Yeah. We have been. We have, yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't have a T-shirt. <laughs> well, neither do I, actually. But you can. That kick-ass yeah, image. I'm not much of a T-shirt guy myself, so. That, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that Zerzo. So graciously bestowed oh, us. Oh, yeah. He just, he, he, he sent us this image and it looks fantastic. And he's you know, for 2013, uh, for Love of the Medium. And it is now available in our, uh, in our swag store. And, and, uh, apparently a few people have already purchased it. I guess there was a little bit of a low run on, uh, on, on double XL, but. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the, Stop there, reinforcing the stereotype people. There are, well, uh, I mean, <laughs> Just, just 
sometimes stereotypes are based in fact. <laughs> but it is it is a sharp looking image, and and you can uh, you can go to the forum and and find the site there, or you can uh, look through one of the older links on Twitter. But yeah, it's 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 available. I have my eye on what I need to I need to find out which color I want the t shirt in. Yeah, red, red, red. Really, with that red. image. Yes. Okay. All right, and it's going to be my my winner for the eleven o'clockers for best comic best related sh- non <laughs> comics. Comic hey, red. I saw the image in twenty twelve. I don't care. Yeah, you good luck. You are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, plug it. Too funny. <laughs> All right. Well, the, <laughs> Chris is chomping. Uh, I'm getting sleepy, and I want to okay. You're we'll better with the rest you, of it. Hey, everybody! Thank you for being here. As usual, we'll be back next week. And you know what? As always, we love you so much. We can't even more than words can describe. Yes, it's how it works. You're all right. It's how we do. So come back next week. We'll have a nice seat next to the fire, all warm and toasty for you. And join us. We're gonna have some butcher baker this week. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Some good reading right there. I guess I'll read number eight and we can talk about it next week. Oh, man. Look at you. The hardcover. That's so much drones up. Never going to get caught up. Wow. Someday. Yeah, I know. It's hard. You know, know, the only way you're really going to get caught up is if you stop buying new stuff. I know. We can't can't do it. I know. It sucks. It's been weird getting like DCBS boxes with like five comics in it. <laughs> I I gotta say, DC has gone um, out of their way to make it really easy to drop their books with their. their Ow, the, come on, let's leave on a positive. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the the schedule. The schedule they publish their collected editions huh? with it, it's it's ridiculously extended. Yeah, well, they See, I was thinking the same thing with Marvel because, uh, like, I intentionally moved to trades with Marvel now. But I was all set to order a bunch of them, and like they're doing this weird thing where a couple of them are hardcovers, a couple of them are trades, and a couple of them aren't being released yet. That's like yeah. they, they've oh, lost; uh, they're going to lose my momentum. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm going to. Well, they they used to be so good with the trades. Like, well, they put the, everything in trade, which was no. Actually, I mean, the expediency. They used to publish the trade like almost in 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 tandem with the last issue. I mean, I know that's an exaggeration, but it wasn't too much long after. The last issue of an arc ship that you saw the trade come out. Well, they were right. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying it's more the the mix and format. You know, I want the hardcovers. I don't. Oh, I don't well, want the yeah. trades. So some some stuff doesn't deserve hardcovers. But no. I don't really buy trades. I don't. It's not really my thing. So wow. And now we're paying sixteen ninety nine for ninety six pages. F that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, f it. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I only buy artist editions. <laughs> Bye. We love you. Uh, out. Peace and Posit- grease. Positivity. Positivity. You singing Prince? I'm mad like no. wood. Hung like wood. That's right. Tresvan. <laughs> New edition, bitches. Oh, God. <laughs> On that note. That's sour. We're out of here. Y'all can't be fronting on new edition. Oh, come on. Well, bring out some Hank. Hank, right. There you go. Mm. (laughs) Almond Brothers, baby. (laughs) Almond Brothers. (laughs) Better than that new edition. Hey, much better than new edition. Anything was good enough for Cher. Oh, wow. You mean a wow? I mean, that's just just uncommon knowledge. What? What'd you say? 
the Almond Brothers are better than New Edition. Come on. Big time. Yeah. That's Americana, baby. Doesn't get much yeah, better than Almond Brothers. Wow. Wake up. Oh, boy. Seriously? I'm siding with Chris over you two? Podcast you have lost your mind. That's because you know truth, sir. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oof. You all are spent. That is, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred <laughs> years, years from now, history will side with us, my friend. That's right. Yeah. Don't sure. let it catch you. Yeah. Not yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, man. Shit, that stuff is classic. What the hell is wrong with you two? See, it's, this is where this is where Jason Niavate comes in. And, uh, and say, right, because I'm so much younger and less versed in music history than you. You don't you don't know the genius of Dwayne Allman, my friend. Exactly. And New Edition had what? Bobby Brown? Was he to, yeah, really. Smoking crack and beating Whitney up there in the last days. Not, not well, Speaking then. of music history, then, where, where that, was a, that was an interesting timeline. What was New Edition, New Edition, smoking crack, beating Whitney. He did all that. <laughs> That's all connected, right? Chris, let's serenade them out with a, a couple Bobby of... Bobby Brown, uh, wasn't he a New Editioner? Yes. yes, he was. See, I know my music history. I'm not going to let him catch me. RZA. <laughs> We're out of here. Is it going to be bad?